you nerve-wracking sons of bitches. Something on your mind? Just want to let you know you're sitting in my chair. Is that a fact? Yeah, that's a fact. Well, for a man that don't go healed, you run your mouth kind of reckless, don't you? No need to go healed to get the bulge on a tub like you. Is that a fact? Hmm. That's a fact. Well, I'm real scared. Damn right you're scared. I can see that in your eyes. All right, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. Skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Listen, mister. I'm getting awful tired of your... I'm getting tired of your gas. Now jerk that pistol and go to work. I said throw down, boy. You gonna do something or just stand there and bleed? No? I didn't think so. Here, Milt. Keep safe. Hang it over the bar. All right, youngster, out you go. Don't come back. Ever. Oh, what do you say, Milt? 25% of the house takes sound about right. everyone today. It's three minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this month of October, the year of our Lord 2007. Thank you for coming by. My microphone sounds fantastic today. I don't know if Matt was in here fiddling with knobs or dials or doing something or other. I sound positively sizzling this morning. Excellent. It's going to be a great day. You just feel it. Uh, what was I doing? Blah, blah, blah. Year of our Lord 2007. Thank you for coming by. It's the Rick Emerson Show live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Uh, we are here in the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. Uh, glad you have uh, joined us today. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Glad you could join us with your comments, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, uh, your what have you, your odds, your ends, your whatnots. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Nine seventy. Uh, our good friend Richie Bristol standing by, ready and willing and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, or the mundane. Uh, you want to email, you can do that as well. My friends, it's honestly just as simple. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am or Tim at 970.am. Pardon me. Uh, again, the phone number is 503-733-2970. It's going to be a fantastic day. And by the way, if you didn't know this, that other and you probably do if you've seen the movie more than once, but that other guy in the Tombstone clip, it's Kurt Russell and it's Billy Bob Thornton, which I didn't recognize until I, th- I, I didn't know I think I spotted him until like the third time I saw the movie because he weighs like 35 pounds more. So that's a fantastic film. All right, so uh, anyway, anywho, hello and howdy. Uh, it is Tuesday, and uh, welcome to day 12. Here's what's coming up today. Oh, let me just start off, by the way. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm just looking at this. It's just, it's more and more. No, 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 it's like, great. 
I wrote down... Hold on a second. Don't go anywhere. Everybody just stay where you are. Where are you going? I have to get a post-it note. There's a post-it note that I threw away, and I had to, I have to, I have to fetch it out of the, uh, get it out of the trash here. Okay, here we go. I wrote this down. Here's, uh, usually we have to wait until the program has actually started to get an out-of-context Sarah Dillon quote of the day. Uh, this is what Sarah said when she, Sarah came in up to my office like around 10.30 this morning. And she knocked on the door and I said hello and she just stuck her head in. And before even like, good morning, hello, howdy, how are you doing, what's up, how's life, how are things? Sarah's opening phrase to me this morning. Quote, I had a band stay at my house last night and I'm really hungover. End quote. So there you go. Fantastic. That's how you know it's going to be a great day, kid. Oh, my God. Like, I'm reading more and more about this, and I cannot believe what I'm reading. I cannot believe what I'm reading. I'll let you just ponder things for a, for a moment. Well, he's not listening. Okay. Doesn't matter to me. Who's the singer on Do or Die? Uh, by the Dropkick Murphys? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to move on for just a second, and we'll rejoin you here. I'll let you, uh, I'll let you sort of work things through in your head, and we'll come back to your side of the table in a second. You can decide how to move forward. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's what's coming up today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, who joins us today. We'll get, get a little recap on her trip to Italy. CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop is going to join us from Los Angeles. By the way, you know that the tide is really turning down there because they've got him uh, covering something in addition to the fires. He's covering the wildfires, but then also... Staph infections. Apparently, they are legion throughout middle schools and elementary schools throughout California. So, really, the conclusion one has to draw is that God Almighty despises California and all who live there. Uh, because he's just really pulling out all the stops to try to exterminate all the residents of that state. Uh, so, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop today. Lisa uh, Desjardins will join us. Uh, let's see. We have Mistress of Reality, uh, the uh, world's only uh, all-female Black Sabbath tribute band. They're going to be at uh, Mount Tabor uh, tonight. Uh, Mount Tabor Legacy. They'll be in the studio with us uh, later on today for a performance. So around 2 o'clock or so, Mistress of Reality will be here. Uh, what else? Uh, we got the Penis Watch coming up today. Britney Watch coming up today. And I think we're just going to have a Britney Watch like every day until the end of time now. And, and just... Until she dies. Well, I know that I have made this observation hundreds of times now, but every time you think that there's nothing left she can do, and I never really thought that we would reach the day when a Britney Watch would contain a quote from William Donahue, who's the president of the Catholic League, and yet, so we'll unveil that later on. Uh, also, a really horrifying and revolting corpse watch. We're going on like three days in a row with that. So uh, we got that penis watch, Britney watch, uh, corpse watch, mistress of reality, Jim Roop, Lisa Desjardins. Uh, we may or may not get to uh, get to the top five today. Uh, we will find out if Tim Riley's silver streus. I wrote it. No, I was trying to be all clever when I wrote this. I'm going to have to back up now and get another run at this. We'll find out if Tim Riley's silver screen dreams have finally come true. That would have been so much more impressive if I'd said it correctly and not just mangled it on the way out of my mouth a few seconds ago. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about, Tim? No. Fantastic. All right. So much the better. Uh, well, that the whole it, it, the usual pile of inanity. Uh, some phone calls already coming in. Uh, we'll get those. We'll get your emails. Uh, the pile of news to get through. I mean, it really has been a huge news whirling on Tuesday, and the news is already just up through our eyeballs in here. The, the news is as high as an elephant's eye, my friends. Uh, so we'll get to all of that. It's 503 
733-2970. Oh, oh, before I forget, uh, we will do another installment of uh, our search for the second worst story in the history of the world. It's been a while since we've had a story that could compete with the guy who was devoured by his own Black Widow collection. But I do believe we may have found, as Marlon Brando once said, a contender today. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll give that a whirl. Uh, uh, later on, it's uh, <clears throat> pardon me five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Before we do anything else, let's get a couple of these. Hello, hi, Rick Emerson show. Good morning, sir, madam, as the case may be. Hey, Rick, this is Tony in the coop. Hello, Tony in the coop. What's up, sir? I just wanted to give a big, huge, gold-plated Vancouver hubcap hubcap shout out to you and uh, Tim and Sarah, since uh, I'm leaving this. Uh this great uh, region. You're leaving Vancouver or you're leaving the, the area? I'm leaving Vancouver. I'm going to be moving up to Seattle. And uh, What and, could uh, Seattle possibly have to offer you that Vancouver could not, sir? Ah, it's a large Redmond-based software company that uh, I'm going to go to work for. Does it, uh, is it something uh, similar to Macro Hard? <sighs> something like that. All right. And there's a whole wheelbarrow full of money associated with it. Well, I can't. Well, of course, the thing about working in a technology hub, sir, is you'll be able to listen to the show via podcast. Hey, and that's it. That's all I get is a podcast. No. So, well, well, we appreciate the time that you, we're glad you were here. We're glad you did take the time to listen. Please, uh, please, uh, we we do have some folks actually who work at that Redmond-based software firm who listen now. I can see from the uh, from the email addresses uh, that show up in my inbox. Uh, you know, I get a, not a lot, but we do get our fair share of email here that ends in like uh, Microsoft.com, Nintendo.com. Uh, so uh, anyway, so uh, so say hello to the uh, say hello to, uh, the, to, to to you know to Bill for me if you're running. You're going to have to forward some of those to me so I can hook up with the coven up there. I will indeed. Well, my friend, thank you for having been a listener. Travel safe. Best of luck in your ongoing career, and uh, we'll see you online. Thank you, sir. It's been the best five and a half years ever. Thank you, sir. There you go. All right. Fantastic. Uh, It's 503-733-2970. Hi, Sarah. How are you feeling today? Awesome. How's your Easy Mac? It's kind of gross, actually. Yeah, noodles are a little weird when you think about it. Well, especially, you know, because I didn't mix it all before I, I had to run back to my house. <laughs> you just ran, and just so shoved the water like, into there. Look at that, they're like white noodles, and yeah. it's kind of gross. Yes, it is. All right. I we'll, don't think I can eat it. We'll come back to you in just a moment. Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification today. Yes. A Milwaukee woman is charged with robbing a bank two hours after getting out of jail. A fight on the Max train leads to a shooting. Really? Yeah. Excellent. Plenty of things you question. Nobody will talk to the cops. Uh, police are investigating a gay extortion attempt targeting a Lecenter Republican. That's hard to believe. They, uh, oh, uh, two teenage girls in charge of planning to go on a Columbine-style rampage at their Georgia school. The largest amateur act is close to collapsing and drowning a half million people. They'd probably all be better off if it did. This is the 70th anniversary of the deadly Stalin purges. Well, all right, then. A whole lot of up today in the news. Uh, by the way, did you know this? Did you know that we are now entering the 80th year of broadcasting here? Not us personally, but the Tiffany Network, the Columbia Broadcasting System, CBS. We are now entering our 80th year as a company. The CBS uh, organization will be 80 years old, I believe, in uh, three weeks, four weeks, something like that. Began as 16 radio stations, bought by one William Paley, uh, and then turned into the broadcasting behemoth uh, that you now listen to. A former so. cigar salesman. Is that true? Yes, sir. I dig that guy. Yeah. Uh, all right, it's 503 Three two nine seventy. Before we move on to uh, what is it? Was it Mel Brooks says in the Blazing Set? Affairs of state must take precedence over affairs of state. Uh, before we move on to anything else, let's uh, welcome to the Rick Emerson Show today and always the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Why, hello. Hello. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> I had a fun night last night. Yes, you did. Have you decided what you'd like to share and what you'd like to keep to yourself? Yes, I hung out with the original lead singer of the Dropkick Murphys. And by hung out with, you mean hung out with. <laughs> 
Wait, hang up. <laughs> okay. No, I meant um. What you, did you want to clarify this statement? You know what? Where you said a band Whatever, stayed at my fine. house last night. A, a band stayed at my house last night. My um. So my friend Kiki is uh, friends with these uh, this band called the Street Dogs. Right. And they came through town last night. They're playing with Tiger Army. Right. Uh, and so her friend Toby is uh, one of the guitarists in Street Dogs. So I ended up uh, going to see Tiger Army and Street Dogs, hanging out with them. Went to a bar afterward. Um, and I'm hanging out with all the guys from Street Dogs. Then ended up. Um, and at some point in the conversation, they said, "Darn it, we we just don't have a place to stay. We had that Motel Six reservation, but it seems to have fallen I know, through." They Sarah. had their they had their van, and then um, so the lead singer, and then the drummer, and the merch boy. <laughs> and, that really is the yin and the yang all at once. And a couple of my friends all came back to my house, and they stopped selling beer at two o'clock in the morning. Damn it. So um, they they just started that rule, by the way. They used to sell it till 2.15. Now they only sell it till 2. Sons of bitches. So we all drank a bottle of white wine that I had at my house and hung out and listened to, um, like, Neil Diamond records. And it was very fun. And then one of them left his phone at my house, and I had to drive back there this morning. Yeah, there, there was some unpleasantness this morning when you got here, and one of the, I don't know, some one of the guys, Meatball or whoever it was from the band, was, I left my cell phone at your house. So I know, you had to go back really and sort annoying. of... Right. But I do have a rad new uh, scarf from Germany so that now, singer gave me. This is, so you traded scarves. This yeah, I traded is, a, a Portland Timbers scarf for a, a German football scarf. This is really what I mean sometimes when I say that it, I will grant you that my life may be a little bit different than the life of the average the guy just because I come and I talk for a living and I don't, you know, some, some guy goes to work in a car in a cubicle or whatever, a farm or whatever, and I come here and I just sit on my fat American ass and talk for four hours. But even as much as my life or maybe Tim's life is different from the average person, your life is so much different different from the lives that Tim and I lead. So you now are wearing a scarf from Germany because you had a scarf swap last night with the lead singer. The lead singer of Street Dogs, he was the original lead singer for the Dropkick Murphys. And when who, they, um, who then stayed at your house. Took a do or die. Right. Yeah. And so, see, that's what I mean when I say that you have a life that is not like that that I lead. So. Yeah, I didn't get to bed till really late. And, like, uh, it was really fun. It was really fun. It's, it's neat to meet um, interesting people. And he was really hot. That's all. At the end of your observation? That's the end of my observation. You don't wish to share anything else? No, he's a happily married man. His wife is a very trusting individual. <laughs> you are a terrible person, Tim Riley. She's probably at some altar in Boston. <laughs> praying, <laughs> praying before the archbishop. She's probably scraping candle wax uh, right now. If you didn't do it for the Lord, who would you do it for? All right. Taking care of their 17 children. Now, how rad is that? Adding though? more water to the soup. Originally thing of the drop cake, Murphy. Uh-huh. Come on now. No, it is. It's very impressive. I imagine that impresses... Uh, well, me. Maybe you and me. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Awkward. Hi. Yeah, Rick. I'm a delivery driver, so I wanted to get this in while I still can. But that new story from Tim about the dam in Iraq that's just about ready to bust. Yeah. I get this. There's half a million people... That could die if this thing busts, killing almost everyone in Mosul and half of Baghdad. In Mosul, is that a place? Yeah, Mosul is that place that we're having all that problems with, uh, with all the insurgents and everything now. And the whatnots. And here's my question: Why would they announce to the world that it, all you'd have to do is put a bomb here and this dam would fall and kill half a million people? I think we all know the answer to that. Sir. I mean, they want to get rid of a problem, and they're hoping <laughs> that they're hoping that Al Qaeda would take care of it for them. They're hoping that some enterprising young lad. Uh, uh, I mean, what proof more do we need that that we're in league with uh, Al Qaeda? I mean, come on. Some ingenious soul will just decide to take out the trash himself. That should be a top 
secret. Well, you know, that, well, that no is somebody from the coast are used to blowing up whales. I was just going to say, well, that's like one of those, when I was in school, I've talked about this, that they used to have these maps that they would show me in school where they talked about, this is back during the Cold War era when we were always thinking we were going to be nuked by the Ruskies, and they would say, they would list like the 10 or 15 most likely first, uh, you know, nuclear first strike targets in America, and Washington State was always there because of Hanford, and the Hoover Dam, and the Grand Coulee Dam were always right there. I mean, it's like if the Russians didn't somehow have an idea of what to nuke, then we absolutely filled in the blanks for them. So yeah. that does seem to be, be a thing that our country is really good at, is sort of tipping people off, you know, as to where they should attack. So, all right, thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye now. All right. All right. So uh, we'll just move on then. So an exciting night was had by all, Sarah Dillon. Yes, sir. <laughs> you got a little bit of a slur going on today, just so you know. Yes. Yeah. All right. It's 503-733-297. Before we do anything else, uh, let me do a couple of things, bits of business. A, uh, Tony and the Coop called up and referenced the podcast. Due uh, to the diligent efforts of our friend Bridget, who works upstairs, the podcast is now uh, up, updated flawlessly, perfectly, without errors, mistakes, or glitches of any Bridget's kind. Bad. Bridget really is. Uh, no, no, no knock on Scotty J, but... Scotty was often challenged by even just the simplest of tasks. Never um, send a man to do a woman's job. No, that really is true. Uh, and, and never, never has that been it, proven to be more correct than with this. So you go to AM, uh, or rather to 970.AM. You go to 970.AM. Uh, you can check out the podcast, which is usually up, I don't know, within an hour or so at the end of uh, every day's program. And the podcast is up there. It's flawless. It's also on iTunes. And you have uh, Bridget upstairs uh, to thank for that. Uh, what else? Oh, let me just say this, by the way, and if I sound, I don't think I sound bad, but if I sound a little more exuberant and filled with energy than normal, it's because A, I've had a lot of caffeine today, and B, I went to bed at 9 o'clock last night. Oh. I just, I got home, and it was one of those, I just was like the walking dead. So Sarah and I sort of had opposite Completely evenings. Completely opposite evenings. I, uh, I went to bed uh, nowhere near a member of the Dropkick Murphys, or whoever, Tiger Dog, or whatever they are. Dog, <laughs> Tiger street, Dog? Whatever it is that they're called. <laughs> street Dog. I wasn't a merch boy from anywhere sleeping on anything in my house. Uh, but I got home last night, and around 8.45, I just started to feel that fatigue set in. By 9 o'clock, I just gave up, So which is really unusual for me because I talked about had uh, like I have that insomnia lately where it's like I I go to bed and I just stare at the ceiling until like 2 a.m. But I think it all just caught up with me last night. So around 9 o'clock I hit the sheets. I was in I was probably asleep by 9:30 at the latest, and then I got up this morning at 7:30. So that's a good it's like 10 hours of sleep. Not so man, like two. I'm fantasy. So together, so together we average six hours of sleep a night. So it's perfect. So are. everything it's self-sustaining. It's I think I think three. Okay. Well, the day's not over. You could catch some Z's later on, I suppose. Just curl up in a corner during the news hour. Um, oh my! Let me just uh, let me plunge on ahead and take care of some of this before we break here. So, uh, a couple of things. A, if you are a glorious bastard, you were already notified about this. Uh, this coming Thursday, which is the day after tomorrow, I think the email may have mistakenly said the seventh, but it's on Thursday, November first. Uh, AM nine seventy is going to be doing the premiere for Lions for Lambs, which is the new Robert Redford film. Uh, Robert Redford, Meryl Streep, and Tom Cruise. Uh, so, if you are a glorious bastard, you've been uh, you got an email about that. It's going to be this Thursday. Uh, we're going to be doing a special advanced screening of the new Robert Redford film, Lions for Lambs. So that's, you've probably been told about that already. If you haven't checked your email, please do so now. Um, but that is just a little bit of a prelude to talking about this. Now, am I correct when I say this, uh, Tim and Sarah? What was the name of the film that you guys were extras in last year? I don't even Was it remember. Music Within? Yes! yes. Why? Yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> This is already the best show ever. 
Um, so oh, soon we forget. So that you guys went down and you were. Uh, Tim was in the cafeteria and I was a protester. You were a protester, and that Ron Livingston. I was sitting right next to him. He's in that, right? He's the office space uh, guy, yes. and he's yeah. the star of this. He was and a lot. He got in a wheelchair. And he, yeah, he was a lot less attractive than I thought he'd be. Ron Livingston. Yeah. He spent he most of all... his spare time talking about gambling. No, he looked like he has. He looks like a caricature of himself. He's kind of a goofy looking guy. He's. I think he's not a bad looking guy as such. He just is sort of goofy looking. Uh, I used to work with a guy that actually looked just like Ron Livingston, and it's just that sort of. You can't quite put your finger on what makes him weird looking. It's just sort of. It just sort of is that way. Uh, next Wednesday, November seventh, the sneak preview of Music Within. Uh, which is going to be put on, and, and get this, and this is, and AM970 is actually doing that premiere as well. And this, by the way, I should say, this is all Richie Bristol that has started to make this happen. Richie you know Bristol? Richie Bristol has been getting us the hookup repeatedly and relentlessly, like nine different things now that Richie has taken care of. So next Wednesday, November 7th, this is, now see, do you guys know if you made the final cut? No. As extras? I probably of course did. I never did. <laughs> no, yeah, but I mean, but this, could, really I but, but this could be the movie that breaks that trend. <laughs> I had to hold a picket sign for like four hours yeah, screaming no more war. Well, you know, but you're, but you're both very photogenic people. And Tim, I mean, the law of averages dictates that eventually they got to leave you in something. <laughs> I know, that is true. I mean, you can't just end up on the cutting floor all the time. And I, mean, it, it, it's, I haven't been any of our promo stuff I've always ended up in. You know what? Honestly, this is the drummer from the band who left his phone at my house. Calling you right now? Yeah, sure. Let's talk to him on the air. Let's see what he has okay. to say. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Look, Hi, um, what's going on? <laughs> if anybody should ask, we just talked last night. Should there be any misunderstanding? <laughs> um, my look, um, Doris and yep. I have an understanding, Sarah. We, uh, the missus and I have an arrangement. We often worship in the church. Are you night. kidding? <laughs> you are so far away. <laughs> Oh, I don't remember a whole I'm, lot about last I'm night. I'm going to turn off my microphone. You're going to turn off a bit. microphone yeah, for the rest of this call? <laughs> yeah. I well, may have made a fool of myself. Dude, I, don't wanna, sorry, I, I may have done. Right I may have done things I regret. Um, yes. Well, I don't want to exactly like say my address over the air. Okay. Okay. We'll yeah. be Tim and I will be over here just okay. talking amongst ourselves. All right. We'll leave the light on for you. <laughs> Look, I. Uh, you know, I don't normally do things like that. I uh, I think I may have had one too many. And uh, look, I mean, you said some things. I said some things. We're just going to move on and, uh, you know. It was just one of those nights. Look, <laughs> I don't want you to worry about anything. It, look, it didn't mean anything. To me. Some, <laughs> sometimes when ships pass in the night, Sarah. One can't have enough friends. <laughs> <laughs> I will look. I uh, I will always value you as a friend and as a fan. Please don't call me. All right, ever. <laughs> Please burn this telephone number right now. Let me give you an email address that nobody else has. <laughs> I don't get to check it every day. <laughs> look, if a woman's voice answers this phone, uh, please just hang up. I. Uh, just say that uh, just say that it's a wrong number. Uh, say that you're say that you're just uh, say that you're looking to work as a maid somewhere. Okay. Um, I don't even know what we're doing. Thank you for calling Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I'm gonna tell my wife hey, that I have do you a know sister. Where Johnson Creek is. I'm sorry. Johnson Creek. It's in Clackamas County. It's in Clackamas County. In Clackamas County. Okay. Yeah, Clackamas County. Go north then. Is a band. They put it into their um, the. Uh, the tracking thing, and they end up at Johnson Creek. So the band that stayed at your house last night is lost somewhere in Clackamas. They're lost because the drummer? 
<laughs> drummer. Drummer. Left his phone. Of course. Drummers couch. always <laughs> leave their phones. Of course he did. At women's houses. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, there's probably cell phones scattered all over this country, Sarah. He's pro This is probably the 50th or 60th cell phone of this tour. All right. Anywho, we should probably break now. It's 503-733-2970. My, my point is, though, next week, Wednesday, November 7th, Music Within, uh, which is going to be screened by AM 970. We are doing the preview screening for this film, and I think it's actually just a coincidence. I don't think, and no offense, I don't think it's because of, of you or Sarah. I think no. Rich, Richie has just proven, uh, proven to be so fantastic at getting us to hook up on these things. Um, and I got these. He came in and gave these to me yesterday. He's like, hey, by the way, we're doing the preview for Music Within. Within, which may or may not feature an appearance by Sarah Dillon and Tim Riley. So, Why? it's all very exciting. He's doing a good job here. We should give it, him at least an extra hour a week in here. We should. We should send a drummer by his house to say thank you. Uh, we have a cell phone. Let's take a break here. It's 503-733-2970. Come back after this. Alicia Desjardins, Jim Roop, Top 5, Mistress of Reality, all that coming up. It's Rick Emerson Show. the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming by. Rick. Not to taint Sarah's experience last night. Oh, great. Please to tell Sarah that she will probably not have any valuables when she gets home. The <laughs> I left my cell phone at your house ploy is almost as infamous as the do you want to buy some magazines for my school? I only accept cash, Mr. J. Those kids with their rock and roll will steal you blind, Sarah, as they're all hopped up on goofballs and bennies. <laughs> all right. No, I left his phone on my porch. Okay. Look, I, it doesn't matter to me, understand? I'm no prude. I don't care who left whose phone, wherever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. No, no, never mind to me. No, it's kind of a strange thing. You wake up in the morning and there are like six people you don't know in your living room. <laughs> like, uh, I've got to go to work. I don't know what's going on your with own, you guys. Your own little personal Play-Doh's retreat. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Uh, this one says, Rick, Sarah has hit upon the exact reason I became a drummer. I'm telling you, those drumsticks are like some wooden Spanish fly. Fantastic. All right. You uh, Now, I can't repeat the statement I made in the hallway, can I? About the, the microphone of the drop kick murder. Oh, yeah. Can I or can I not repeat that statement? I don't know. Okay, you think about it. Spe but, you know, speaking of the phrase wooden Spanish fly, <laughs> this is one of those things that I never really realized that I was curious about until this email just brought it up. You know, can I tell you this? I'm a 34-year-old man who came of age in the, the, you know, the mean suburbs of Kennewick. I don't really know what Spanish fly is. Spanish fly Spanish is a drink. I don't... Well, there may be a drink called Spanish fly, but I think Spanish fly... Isn't Spanish fly, in fact, an additive of some kind? Isn't it some aphrodisiac potion uh, that one, like slipping somebody a Mickey? Isn't that one of those... It's, it's like a thing you put in a girl's drink that gets her all... Uh, you mean a roofie? No, no, that's... No, no, I don't think so. I think that that's something else. A roofie is just sort of, you know... Like if you want like a like a warmer version of a real doll, I think the Spanish even Spanish the worst thing you've ever said. I'm not, but that's 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 but that, that's the guys who slip you the, the rohypno, right? Those are the guys who are just they just want to take and throw you over a dumpster out back. The, the Spanish fly is uh, it's a thing that I always heard referenced in high school, and more uh, more often Spanish fly is just used as an allegory or as an analogy. People say, dude, this. You know that that I don't know. Buy this new Mustang. It's like Spanish Fly for the girls, and it's it, they're comparing it to a thing whose actual existence and sort of and and identity is unknown to me. I don't really know what Spanish Fly is. 
I guess I don't really care. It doesn't really matter, I suppose. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, listening on hold to this entire awkward conversation from the hill. CNN Radio Correspondent and Woman About Town, Lisa Desjardins. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Hey, guys. How's it going? What's up, sister? How's life? How are things? Not well, oof, fire hose of news over here. That, well, not, I mean, it's nothing big. It's just all kinds of uh, lots of little stories today that are keeping us hopping. It's a fire hose of news. Yes, that's what it feels like. All right. Fantastic. Uh, so, well, let me just say a couple things before we, before we move on here. And then I do have to ask you some questions about Italy, by the way. Right. Yes. And yes. So what is it? Uh, and Kevin Costner. Yeah, it's good job. Oh, I, yeah. you know, I had Kevin Costner, I had that phrase written down, but I can't remember exactly why. So well, we don't know why. Was it because of down. you, Lisa? Was it something you what? said yesterday? What? Yes, right. yes. Um, so I'll just cut to the chase on this oil thing. Not that I really care about it all that much, because it just doesn't, it doesn't matter to me one way or the other, because oil and gas are going to cost whatever they're going to cost. And like the price of cigarettes, they're going to continue to go up, and people will kvetch and whine and moan and complain and bitch about it. And then they will inevitably just buckle like a belt and pay whatever the, you know, the, the man says. So given that all that has now been said, uh, what is up with the price of oil and or gas? What's going on? Yeah, oil's reaching another high. There's a big surprise. Uh, $93 a barrel. So if you get 93 bucks, you don't know what to do with it. Buy yourself a barrel of oil because the price is probably going to go up. Now, there are some economists that say uh, that it won't go up forever. It's a big hot dispute. But right now, certainly the trend is up. What this means politically, this is something that the Democrats are now using, Harry Reid, to try and get through a major energy bill in Congress. The deal is that there are two major things that a lot of Democrats want to see in that energy bill. One is making our cars more fuel efficient, increasing, they call it the CAFE standard, increasing the efficiency of cars that are sold in the United States. That's one. The other one is making our energy companies use more renewable resources, you know, solar, wind power, all that good stuff, uh, donkeys, whatever. You know, renewable resources is the other thing. But... Both of those run into problems, of course, with some very big energy lobbies. And so they couldn't put them both in one bill. What they did is they split it up, put the idea of increasing our fuel efficiency in the Senate version of the bill, put the idea of increasing those renewable resources overall in the House version of the bill, uh, got each of those through, and then they sort of planned to marry them, but Republicans procedurally are able to block that. So there, this whole huge energy bill that, that the idea is Democrats are promising uh, the future of energy, cleaner energy, better energy from this bill, but they can't get it through with these two ideas that are have a lot of opposition. So Harry Reid is pointing to the price of oil, trying to use that as leverage, trying to get a big tidal wave of American anger to help him pass these bills. And the truth is, I think Americans are so, like you, cynical about Congress in general. You know that, that they just—it's just, that they are angry, but they're just as angry at Congress, and so it's not really working. It seems like now I may be wrong about this, but I was reading it was like a Zogby poll or something hmm. from like last week, two weeks ago, and I believe Congress actually has a lower approval rating than President Bush at this point, which really does take some doing. That's almost perversely admirable. I mean, it seems like you—you <laughs> right. you really right. got to get up pretty early in the day to be more unpopular How than do you our do president. That? Right. Well, you know, I'm skeptical, honestly, of the of those approval ratings for Congress because I I do feel like. If you, you ask somebody, you know, what do you think of Congress? What's your approval rating? No matter who's in charge of Congress, I do think it's a little bit like asking, hey, what do you think about used car salesmen? <laughs> exactly. You yeah. know, I think, you know, what, what are people going to say? I love them. What love do you think of telemarketers? 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Now, fair enough. That's a fair point. So I think that number's a little skewed. I don't think it's the same. Like, if, if you ask people about their congressman, you'll see the number goes way up. All right. Excellent. Hey, by the way, before we continue on with this, do you happen, uh, uh, Lisa Desjardins, who is uh, the, the, the packed with news and facts and knowledge of all varieties, we, do, you, do you happen to know what Spanish fly is? I I do know what it is, but I, I don't. I really am nervous about some sort of reference to sp- the Spanish fly for women. I'm sorry. Uh, isn't that wasn't that the reference you were making? Somebody said somebody was comparing that that like something else is the equivalent. Well, we had there was a whole awkward we discussion by that reference. We were well, there was an awkward discussion early on. We were talking about uh, talking about bands and drummers and. Guys, musicians, and the women who love them, and sometimes let many of them stay at their apartment overnight. And so, a drummer emailed in. He's like, "Those drumsticks, you know, when it comes to women, those drumsticks are like Spanish fly." And I and I was pointing out the fact that 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 is a thing that you sort of hear a lot. You hear it referenced, but I don't really know what it is. It's just it's one of those things that pops up in uh, you know in popular culture and songs and whatever. But I'm not actually sure if it's a real thing or if it's just sort of a vague, amorphous term for any kind of aphrodisiac substance right that's kind of my impression you know i i associate it with uh when my my you know my siblings are a lot older than i am yes and i associate it with my brother brett uh and the period during which he had a, a waterbed <laughs> <laughs> and a powder blue suit and i'm right like this is and he actually did have the mirrored ceiling oh, oh that's the worst thing i've ever heard it was and this is where I would go to be babysat. I mean, it was really scary. And, the, the, like, the brightest light in the room was a single light bulb. And it was just this oh. was creepy. And he had the tequila with the worm in it over there under the light bulb. So it just, just to heighten the effect. Okay. Can I just tell you this? There's not enough therapy in the world for that. No, it was terrible. It was, yeah. Did you, I have to ask this now as a follow-up question. About what age were you when you were being babysat by your brother and his mirrored ceiling? <laughs> Um, probably starting, let me see, he's 14 years older, so probably starting when I was five, going to when I was seven. So, it, probably the significance of said mirrored ceiling and waterbed did not really occur to you until later in life. No. So that's sort of a retroactive shudder? <laughs> yes. That was just like one day when you were about 13 years of age, you're thumbing through Sassy Magazine, and you kind of went, <laughs> and it all just sort of came back to you in a horrible flood. That's precisely. Yes, I remember just being, Jesus. not wanting to go, like, when you know, when I have, would take a nap, you would put me in that room to try and take a nap, and I didn't want to, I mean, it was horrible. <laughs> I did not want to go. For, re- for reasons that you couldn't even really define at, the, at that time, you were just made awkward and uneasy right. by the whole thing. I preferred the, you know, the, the carp, the, or the, the, the one cushion that they had in the other room that was had some tears in it you know i would like curl up on this one cushion on the floor of course and then like and then the uh, the coffee table which is in fact just like a piece of glass put over cinder blocks (laughs) and the spray and the cinder blocks have been spray painted black to give it that nice elan you know (laughs) that a bachelor pad has to have right exactly jesus all right um well what else is happening in the way of real news before we plunge right on into kevin costner it's all about China imports. In fact, the the group that is charged generally with inspecting our toys, you know, we've had some recalls. In fact, 20 million toys recalled this summer for lead paint. Uh, the woman in charge of the Consumer Product Safety Commission, her name is Nancy Nord. She's a political appointee. She's the acting chairman right now. She is actually opposing movements in Congress to try and give her agency more power, uh, more ability to inspect uh, uh, various toys and other things, and also uh, the ability to increase fines against manufacturers. She is opposing that, saying that she thinks the industry uh, should take care of it herself, themselves, and that the industry is doing a decent job. 
so as she's opposing this, um, meanwhile, there now are, are coming increasing calls for her resignation, including just in the last half hour, Nancy Pelosi has called for the president to remove her from the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Of course, you have to imagine she's getting her orders from higher up, and this is a, this is a very clear issue of, of uh, business interests versus consumer interests. Now, businesses, I have to say, the toy industry has uh, done quite a lot since, they, since those 20 million recalls. Of course, they know their reputations and profits were on the line, but, but they have been very active. And, in fact, they do support more regulation. They support more regulation than the regulators support. So it's a very strange situation. Democrats are pouncing on it, and you're going to hear a lot of noise about it. Well, of course, I mean, the toy companies, are. The, it reminds me of that uh, the Johnson & Johnson company's response to the Tylenol scare back in the right. 80s. Because, I mean, the toy company, Mattel and those guys, they're no fools. I mean, they realize that you can't. That's right. Yeah, you can't. I mean, marketing a product as, you know, like only kills one in four is not really, that's not really the way to win the hearts of parents. So, yeah. <laughs> right. All right. God, God bless them. All right. Kevin Costner, you have to explain this to me now. How about this? So we, we get to Rome and we're waiting at the train station and, and we're looking around and uh, they've got these video monitors everywhere and they have three ads on the monitors. Uh, two of them are very strange European ads with, the, you know, one woman's very large face dressed as a nurse. I didn't understand it. Uh, there was another for some kind of sugary drink. And then the third ad that was rotating on these screens was for Kevin Costner and his band coming to Rome. And I think they actually used the word super group, like as I could read the Italian. <laughs> Fantastic. On this. So, and I, I guess his band's name is it's like the Wild West. I'm, I'm going to get it wrong. It's the Old West or Wild West. Uh, Kevin Costner fans out there, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, but I am still not quite sure how to react that Kevin Costner and his band are touring in Europe. I didn't even know that Kevin Costner had a band. And we look, I got to tell you this: the Rick Emerson show. Of course he does. We well, we try to stay abreast of right. all celebrity musical developments. You right. know what I mean? Anytime a bad actor forms a music group somewhere, we try to add it to our mental rolodex so we can track them as they come through. To Billy Bob Thornton was just here a couple weeks ago. Hey, exactly. So, uh, I was. In, I had no idea he had a band. It was really a little disturbing, and uh, but but he apparently played in Rome a couple of days after we were there, so we missed him. I got to tell you two things actually. When I was in uh, the UK, the two things I noticed. A, there was David Hasselhoff stuff everywhere. Everywhere. And I didn't get the feeling it was a joke as such. It didn't seem to sort of be ironic. It was just sort of I don't know. It was weird. He was just sort of omnipresent. David Hasselhoff and Ashley Simpson for some reason were just advertising everything really? everywhere I went in Britain. Secondly, wow. secondly, uh, and I made I made right, this will mean less to you than it does to to the people here. But um, I, I referenced this a couple weeks ago that the other thing everybody seemed to be wearing in London, they were wearing a lot of Nike clothing, but it was Nike clothing that said Oregon Track and Field on it. And apparently, one of the very very popular styles of clothing now is Nike wear that says Oregon Track and Field. So it was like the weirdest sensation to be walking around London, and every ninth person you saw had something that said Oregon Track Team. It was just it was complete, especially because you know we worked just a couple miles from Mikey, uh, from Nike. So it was just it was just really bizarre. That is completely bizarre. Wow. Well, you know, the other uh, unexpected celebrity who is of some currency apparently in Italy, Burt Reynolds. Really? We were outside this fantastic restaurant in Venice and 
you know, they had they had only some of the restaurants, of course, have their celebrity photos, but this one had just one celebrity photo, and it was Burt Reynolds, and it was like prominently and proudly, clearly displayed. What what era Burt Reynolds are we? Is this Boogie Nights Burt Reynolds or Smokey and the Bandit or perhaps Deliverance era Burt Reynolds? It's smack dab in between. It seemed like when he was having a he was having a couple of those good years, maybe in the eighties. Yeah, looked, yeah, looked like that when he was. He seemed like he was on the men. Oh, I do believe we have an answer on Spanish Fly. Hold on a second. Uh, hi, Ron. You're on the Rick Emerson show uh, with Lisa Desjardins. Hello, Ron. Yeah, uh, Spanish Fly. It was basically a myth that nobody ever really did actually find anything that it actually was. It was supposed to be uh, the female, you know, get her hot and bothered. And yeah, that's the technical the term. Biggest geek. It was in the backs of all of the uh, comic books in the old days, along with you know the sea monkeys and everything else. And uh, it basically, I mean, it was to the point of sometimes it was to be taken orally, and sometimes it was like uh, you were to rub it in. And in those cases, quite oftentimes, it was uh, like uh, chili powder. And, of course, rubbed in the proper area at the proper time would oh, cause unpleasant. heat. And All right. Sarah, it, you, you, just, know, you it, just got an actual ew from Sarah yeah, it, across it the room. it was a real ew. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you. Wow, sorry. okay. <laughs> Best oh, response I ever. I, well, you know what that's like? And up until very recently, I was a subscriber to Playboy magazine, and then I just kind of, there's only so many hours in a day, and there's just no, there's just no time to read everything, so I let it lapse. But Playboy, to this day, Playboy magazine is very, they make it a point to not advertise, like, kind of sleazy products. Uh, and, and Hugh Hefner has always had this dictum that you just don't, he doesn't, he doesn't accept advertising from sort of, you know, sort of tacky merchandisers in Playboy. But the one thing that Playboy constantly advertises to this day, they will take it. They have these full-page black-and-white ads for pheromones. And, it, you know, and it, 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 it's like a bottle of, of clear liquid that supposedly is, you know, the whatever. It's, it's right, human, right. human scent or something that's supposed to get all women within like a nine-mile radius just running at you. So it's... um. Okay, so this apparently falls into the category of stuff that never really existed, but which Americans were scammed out of billions of dollars buying every year out of the back of disreputable magazines. Apparently. In case anybody should ask. Well, I'm glad I could end your call on a nice awkward note today, Lisa. Well, I do have to give two other two other uh, Italy notes. Please uh, do. Of course, obviously very very beautiful, a little bit cold, you know, all kinds of ups and downs. We have posted some pictures on the webpage, but the, the highlights, because of course, being Americans, uh, it wasn't enough to be in a beautiful country with incredible food and wine uh we wanted television of course and so so i have to say the two two best programs in italy had to be uh the italian versions of the a-team and walker texas ranger wait now hold on let's let's stop here yes when you say the italian versions do you mean dubbed no. or do you mean recreated no i mean i wish it had been recreated that would be fabulous no no it was uh it was the original with in, in italian that is so great uh, that that reminds me i was mentioning this yesterday to Somebody that years ago for no readily back when he used to just be wacky for no reason. Letterman did this great broadcast where for no again for, for no reason at all unannounced they never addressed it. The entire Letterman show here in America one night was dubbed in Spanish and subtitled in English. Um, <laughs> and the guest was Sam Kinison, which of course made it even more oh, hilarious. Oh. So the idea of the of the A team and Walker Texas Ranger being dubbed into Italian is pretty fantastic. It was great, and Chuck Norris was given this ridiculous like buongiorno like this. Really <laughs> really deep. You know, if you were kind of wondering, if only these Italians knew. Of course. That his real his real voice. Hi guys. 
<laughs> I will, uh, okay, I, I will now, Lisa, uh, hold you in even higher esteem and send you a check for $25 if you can tell me uh, the first name of the titular character in Walker, Texas Ranger. Cordell? Oh, yes, I now owe you $25. Sweet. I said that not thinking that you would ever get it. Hold on, note to self, Lisa... Don't ever challenge Lisa. Twenty-five dollars. That is, Im- I really am honestly impressed. I really am. Not that I ever doubt your pop culture credentials, but the fact that you know the first name of Walker, Texas Ranger, has just. In- if there was ever a doubt, if there was ever any sort of shadow, any hesitation about the extent to which you are loved by the Rick Emerson audience in a completely non-creepy way, of course, you have just erased that by knowing his first name. Well done. Yeah, what can I say? It's Chuck Norris. What can I say? Fantastic. All right. Well, then we can't possibly top that. Um, Are you on tomorrow? I am. I'm here, yeah. All right. We will talk to you tomorrow. As always, enjoy the rest of your day, Lisa. You guys, too. You Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. How great was that? She knew Walker, Texas Ranger's first name. Of course she knew. It's yeah, but Lisa. I mean, well, I know, but I mean, still, you don't, you don't necessarily expect that to be the case. Uh, see, now, now I'm getting this. Rick. That guy is wrong. Spanish fly is it? This is you know. This is going to be one of those uh, another one of those things. Spanish fly is a real substance. It is a chemical made within made from the bodies of ground up beetles. That's wonderful. Ground up beetles found in Spain. The chemical, when extracted from dead insects, can cause an increase in sexual arousal. Yeah, that's that's what I thought too. Well, I, okay, thanks. All right, it's uh, 503-733-2970. All right, uh, I do have, by the way, a review of this um, Music Within, which may or may not feature appearances by Tim Riley and Sarah Dillon. Uh, This says, Rick, I saw Music Within a couple nights ago. Um, I wasn't looking for Tim and Sarah, so I can't address whether they're in the film or not. And we don't care about the rest. <laughs> he said it's a good it's a good film, a little on the sappy side, uh, but it's uh, but the acting is really good. It's a movie to be proud of. So there you go. It's a movie to be proud oh, of. And he it's says, kind of a standoff between Tim and I, like who made it. And this is somebody uh, made the cut. He said this and this is somebody who really knows film. Um, somebody who works uh, for a uh, works for a cinema. Uh, says, I hope to see it again. Uh, I will scan it to see if the news and liquor legends are present in the film, but I do recommend it. So there you go. So next Wednesday, November 7th, we'll be doing a special preview of Music Within, perhaps featuring Tim Riley and Sarah Dillon. And also Ron Livingston. Tim made it, and I didn't. No, I didn't make it. Now you were, so, but now, well, you were actually in the scene with him. I was just a protester. Yeah, well, protests are very important in that movie. That is true, Sarah. Never discount the importance of protests in our society. Oh, that sign was so heavy. Yeah. Let's take a break here. We'll come back. Tim Riley around the corner. Are you preparing news for us? Now all set and ready to go. Fantastic. All right. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Can't find it online either. I've looked. Have look. Oh, sure you have. All right. So that little bit that you heard, is that not one of the worst things? It is one of the worst things ever. Later on today, uh, well, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a worst day in that we are going to do our hunt for the second worst story ever later on. We've got a fantastically bad story. We'll also have another exciting... It's been a long time since we've done this. We'll have uh, It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard, courtesy of Michael in Seaside via Sarah Dillon. 
Michael, who, by the way, doesn't... Michael and Seaside is rad. And Thank I you, Michael and Seaside. This. It's not like he just sends bad music. I don't want him to hear this and think I'm knocking him. He sent some really, really great... Uh, he finds a lot of bootlegs and, you know, sort of some cool out-of-print stuff that he'll send my way occasionally. Um, and I, in no sense of being falsely, uh, you know, modest or whatever. But one of the cool things about the, about this job is, you know, somebody finds something that, you know, that they think might be interesting to you. They'll kind of send it along. Or I get, you know, people drop off a record or something that they've, you know, they've heard me not been able to find or, or whatever. So he sent me, uh, like, a Van Halen bootleg a while back that was actually pretty great. And then he sent Sarah this meatloaf bootleg, which is really not all that great. It was so bad. Oh, I was so awful. excited about it because I got it yesterday, and I put it in my um, CD player yeah. the second that I got into my car yesterday. And I actually called you from my car because it was the worst. This- Sarah left left the building at 3.01, and around 3.04, my phone rings. Sarah going, this is so bad! Hold on! And then she actually stopped the car and held the phone up to the stereo <laughs> so I could hear. Back. <laughs> so I could hear how terrible it was. And it really is terrible, by the way. All right, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please put your working class hands together for the one and only Tim Riley. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970s. Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, hello again. Hello. Hi. <laughs> a Milwaukee woman is accused of robbing a bank two hours after she was released in the Clackamas County Jail. Apparently, she had nothing to look forward to in life. 21-year-old <laughs> Kelly Hogan was arrested as she walked down Highway 224. Yeah. But she, wait, hold on. She was released from jail where? Uh, in Clackamas. Clackamas Ro- County Jail. And then went right to a bank? Yeah. Do not, do, do not stop, do not pass go. She was released at 11 a.m. Excellent. After being accused of, uh, she was released from jail at 11 a.m. after being accused of stealing from her previous place of employment. Two hours later, a woman round the Washington Mutual Bank of an undisclosed amount of money, and they saw her walking down the street. She didn't even. She was charged with bank robbery. And but a, but she's she stepped up in life. She's not in Clackamas County Jail. She's in Multnomah County Jail. Well, well done. Eventually, she'll be in the Manhattan County Jail. The and she didn't even think. To, this is like the second bag robbery in two months. They don't even think to have a car beforehand. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Why not walk down the road? Who's going to stop her? <laughs> of course. A fight on the Max through the Lloyd Center has led to a shooting. It happened at 8:15 last night at Northeast Seventh and Holiday. When the cops arrived, they found shell casings, but no victim. Then about 20 minutes later, they found a 25-year-old man who had a gunshot wound to the leg. He won't cooperate, but it was taken to the hospital. Uh, the cops don't know if the man was the intended target or the victim of an accidental shooting. Well, that'll, that'll happen on the max. Uh, several people have been uh, detained, but nobody's cooperating. No arrest have made. They still don't have to wait and look at the surveillance video from TriMet. Everybody, let's be honest. If you're on the max, you're not an innocent bystander. If you're on the max, you're guilty of something. Maybe not or whatever you're... Uh, what's that? You're either a murderer or a murder victim. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the odds are you're probably wanted for something, or will be at some point if you ride the max. I mean, mm-hmm. really, let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. Wireless Square is, well, or was that Fearless Square? Fearless. Fearless Square. All right. Uh, Japanese are looking for a man who robbed a pizza parlor at gunpoint. Uh, this happened at Pomper Murphy's in Wood Village. The robber showed a handgun and demanded cash, but didn't ask for pizza. He's a white man, as uh, many are found in the Gresham area. He is, uh, has a thin to medium build. He's wearing blue jeans, a black and gray hooded sweatshirt, and glasses. Uh, Vancouver cops say a 15-year-old boy playing with a 38 caliber pistol he thought was inoperable... Accidentally shot an 11-year-old relative. The boy was shot in the torso. His uh, injuries are not life-threatening. 
Uh, the sheriff, uh, Steve Shea, says several adults are in the house. This uh, is in the, of course. This is uh, southeast of Los Center where it happened. Uh, but the boys, three of them were playing in the back. The teenager and the boy who was shot do not live there. The investigation indicates that the adults are believed to have known that the pistol did not work. Well, at least they thought they did, so maybe they gave it to the kids. So as soon as the pistol stops working correctly, they just leave it in a box with the jacks and the, and sure. the jumping rope as a toy. Mm. Okay. Uh, the teenager pulled the trigger and fired a single bullet. No arrests have been made. No names yet. Uh, Spokane police say they're investigating an alleged extortion attempt against uh, Republican Representative Richard Curtis, who was in, uh, well, in the Center for some meetings. The Lucetta Republican is the victim of a reported extortion attempt by a gay man at a Spokane hotel. Responding to news reports about the alleged incident, Curtis tells the Columbia newspaper, he did not solicit sex from the man, I am but not nobody gay. had even brought it up. <laughs> really? I is that true? Solicit sex. I, uh, I was trying to help somebody out, he uh -huh. said. Yeah. I am not gay. <laughs> <laughs> I have not had sex with a guy. <laughs> trying to help somebody out. Well, he was having all this trouble getting his pants off, and so I thought, what are friends for? Uh, state GOP lawmakers are in Spokane last Wednesday through Friday for yeah. a retreat to discuss the upcoming legislative session. The GOP. So here he was. Uh, he was elected to the State House of Representatives in 2004, representing a portion of southwestern Washington. The GOP, which is, I think, now just the gay old party, is, is what that is. Yeah. Oh, this is kind of sad. Remember the lady who... Uh, oh, no. Is gonna, somebody dead? Well, no. Okay. Wait, maimed? Yes. Okay. Uh, the woman's legs that were nearly severed had to be amputated oh. after the car crashed into the parked car surrounding her uh, Saturday night. Yvonne Smith was loading something into the truck, into the trunk of her car in the 7700 block of North Chakotica Boulevard. But a pickup truck hit the car behind her that impacts sandwich her between two vehicles, crushing her legs. Uh, Timothy Sawyer was driving the pickup truck. Cops say he was high on drugs when he veered off the road and struck the parked cars. Uh, Smith's legs had to be amputated oh. after getting pinned between those parked cars. Oh, that sucks. Following the crash, witnesses told police they saw the guy get out of the truck and look at the victim, but intended to uh, help her. And then he returned to his truck and then lit a cigarette. He admitted to smoking marijuana and drinking alcohol the night before the crash. He also uh, reportedly told the paramedics he was on several medications for heart disease, migraines, depression, and nausea. A paramedic told police uh, Sawyer was uh, transported in an ambulance. His speech was described as groggy. He entered no uh, guilty pleas for charges of assault, reckless endangerment, reckless driving, driving the influence of intoxicants. Well, so he was, a, he was speeding. Jesus. He remains in jail on $262,000 bail. Uh, Reynolds High School on the outskirts of Multnomah County is now called the Dropout Factory. <laughs> How proud they must be. How proud they must well be. Well done. Uh, this study is conducted by the John Hopkins uh, Association, and its nickname is uh, something that no principal could be proud of. The dropout factories, the high school, where no more than 60% of the students who start out as freshmen make it all the way. Now, where is that at? Where Where is that located? Multnomah County, somewhere. I'm looking here. Do we know anybody who has uh, children? Who, what is this? What high school is this? Uh, this is called a Reynolds High School. Reynolds High it School. It is on the outskirts of Multnomah County. All right. Somebody call and tell us where Reynolds High School is so I know to avoid that area. It's like driving through some, driving through 28 weeks later, just a band of, just a band of ne'er do wells with sharpened screwdrivers descending on your car. So that's that. Oh, did you hear about this uh, poor bicyclist? Apparently, they built this bicycle lane, but failed to remove the sewer grate cover. Ah, uh, are you kidding me? Yeah. So this guy. 
Uh, gets uh, $100,000 in a lawsuit. Where? Where is this at? I'm looking here. Which is in Portland? Yes, it is. Uh, let's see. The city forgot a sewer grate when it created a bike lane in Southwest. Uh, essentially, it accidentally set a trap for cyclist Gary Dunkley, and he fell right into it. He's going 25 miles an hour on his bike. Uh. And uh, his front wheel got stuck in the sewer grate, but his body kept going. Uh, of he course. went airborne 15 to 20 feet and landed on his head. He endured 60 stitches, a concussion, memory loss, and double vision. Uh, All this because the city forgot to change the old sore grate, not intended for uh, to be a bike. Line. Okay, now, I don't mean to laugh at this guy's pain, but can I tell you what's funny about that? Mm-hmm. Here's what's not about that guy as such, but the sort of amusing thing, darkly so, about that story is that he he became... So he was driving along. There was a sewer grate. His front and wheel. I'm not saying where this is, by the way. Uh, thanks, thanks so much. His front wheel stopped. So his bike went to a stop, but he he, he just flew over the handlebars. Yeah. For a moment, he became the living embodiment of that hilarious sign that they have on the streets downtown. And if you drive downtown, oh, yeah, you I've know exactly the sign I'm talking about. It's by it's by like the streetcar, and um, by uh, there's that blind onion pizza downtown, and there's, 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 all this, where it shows it shows a bicyclist, and it. The bicycle is is doing exactly this, where the front wheel is caught in a grate, and there's a guy sort of like, sort of jauntily flying through the air right over the handlebars, and it does make me laugh every time I see it. I don't know why. There are certain, and I don't think I'm the only one, there are certain signs like that that you know you are not supposed to laugh at, but... Like the one about the like woman... Like the child molester, like chasing the children across the street? I haven't seen that one. What? what is that? There's one on... Um... Oh, no, it's what kind of hell neighborhood do you live in? What the hell is that? It's Bundy Crosby. It says C A N D Y on it. <laughs> There's one on the Oregon coast with a guy in a trench coat and these two kids like holding hands. You are lying. You I are making that lying. up. Okay, we have to see it's, this. Stuff. It is. It is right next to like a, a porno shop. <laughs> <laughs> the child molesters are picked that porno shop. And so children with candy. And it's it's hilarious. All right, I'm gonna find it's it. Hilarious. Okay, Gacy Crossing. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you have to find that because that's. Hey, by the way, yeah. speaking of weird things at the coast, I didn't know this was still the case, and I don't want to get off the. Oh, a did hole. you see the tsunami escape route sign? No. What? They have those on the coast. This whole show has been weird today, by the way. <laughs> it started with. Let me ask you this, Sarah. I hate to just. I have to address this. You should never Google child molesters. <laughs> Well, we're doing this for a news type of thing. It's really weird. It's Moving on. I just I have to address this elephant in the room, Sarah. When you woke up this morning, <laughs> did you when you first woke up this morning at your house, did you know that no. there were a bunch of dudes from a band sleeping at your place? Or did it take you it a minute came, to go like, who are these guys? They came back to me after like a minute. You were just like, what? I don't. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm like, all right, Muppet, let's go outside and you know. And you woke up wherever, and and then you sort of looked around and you're just like, what? Who are these men in my apartment? No, they're all like sleeping on my floor and using my coats as blankets. I'm like, God, I'm a bad host. Sexy. Yeah. Uh, all right, just curious. Um, no, yeah, I, I kind of forgot about it. It's like, oh, who are you? Okay. Um, so uh, I don't want to get off and do a whole thing here, but it has become a really weird show. So a, there's the hilarious sign with the bicyclist flying over handlebars, which really is funny. B, there's whatever sign Sarah is talking about, where some some guy with a bag of candy and a pickaxe is chasing children across a road. C, did you know, and I thought it was gone, did you know that there is still at the coast, I believe it is still at the coast here, a Sambo's restaurant? 
No. Did you know that there is they still one left? They changed the sign. See, I don't think they did. They did. I went there uh, this past summer and they changed See, the sign. See, because Dennis Miller was talking about it the other day, and he was reading a news story about it, and he claimed that the sign was, maybe it's not the one in, in was it Lincoln City? Is that where I'm thinking of that it was? Yeah, it was one of the Oregon Coast. Okay, so it's not that one then, because there is still one left. Because Dennis Miller was talking about the guy, and he was just reading a news story. I remember the kid with the tiger. Like, I remember that yeah. sign from when I was younger. Yeah, well, there was one in Kennewick. Uh, when I grew up, there was a Sambo's restaurant in Kennewick uh, that my, that my, of course, my hideous family would take me to all this time. My dad, of course, who saw After no... church. Saw, yes, yeah, saw no... <laughs> exactly. Saw no problem oh, with it at all. Oh, this is called Little Sambo's Restaurant. Lil? Mm-hmm. All right. Oregon City. Little or Lil? Uh, let's see here. If they have a son. Is it in Oregon City? That they may or may not be the one that Dennis Miller was talking. Is that the sound of uh, Sambos? Sambos has a tiger. How bizarre. A tiger and a butterfly. Anywho. Sarah, can you... Thanks. <laughs> I can't seem to... The story of little the Sambo, Sambo won't stop. Um, it, but, but uh, anyway, so Dennis Miller was reading the story uh, out of a newspaper. It's an interview with a guy who owns the the last still operating Sambo's, and I and I guess the guy, um, you know, you know, I don't want to get into the whole discussion about it. But I think the guy's apparently unrepentant about the whole thing, and I, I think he still has the full on the sign, the, the, the decorations, the whatever, the decor, and it, which is weird because I had thought the one in Oregon City. Or wherever. Lincoln City. What, Lincoln City, rather, was the last one, and I thought it was gone. I, For some reason, I thought it had burned down. I seem to... Re- maybe that was another one, but I seem to recall... Seems like Sambo's should burn down. I just... It, it, it does... That's by... We're not endorsing arson, of course, for the remaining businesses. This way to Sambo's. They have a gallery, too. I'm sure they do. Oh, it's I, a tiger on... on it's, just, it's just a strange... It's just a strange concept, and I couldn't believe that one still existed. So I guess there is one apart from the one that's in Oregon. Anyway. So, Little Sambo's. I was reminded of that place by Sarah talking about the weird child molester sign, because I remember... It's a guy in a trench coat chasing these two kids, and they're running... Is he wearing a clown face. suit? No, just... It's a silhouette. Are they, I, uh, are they in tears? I, <laughs> are, they, are they succulent? No, I don't I, think it's... It's not a street sign. I think it might be, um, like, a not a billboard, but, like, something in between, like a billboard size sign, which is right next to the porn shop, and it says... It's something about how child oh, molesters. I think we may born. we may have this we may have something here. Anyway, but it, but what, we're, what that triggered the, the thing because I remember it's gone now. But it, even to when I was God, I think it was in my early adulthood. I think it was eighteen nineteen before they finally got rid of the Sambo's restaurant in my hometown. And I remember, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about a whole lot, but I think I had realized that that was just sort of not something that should still be around in two thousand whatever you know, and I guess nineteen whatever it was nineteen nineteen ninety five nineteen ninety four whatever it was driving through my hometown, you just do that sort of a head snap thing where you just like, you check the rearview mirror to make sure that you, did I just drive by 1950? It's all very strange. And people are effed. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Uh, about those signs where they're a little bit more expressive than you'd expect, I have one I'm scanning to you right now. Okay. Uh, um, the warning sign that goes with the drivetrain. Now, drivetrain is this thing under your car. Yeah. It's around. Sure. And this warning is for people who are working with them, and the little stick figure man is being wrapped two or three times around the drivetrain, <laughs> and uh, his arms and legs are visibly breaking. <laughs> That's hilarious. I know that many people are wondering why it's hilarious, but there are many others who are with me on this, and they know why that's funny. Oh, yeah, I've had this in the rear view um, side of my car for years. Excellent. Uh, I'll tell you what, you scan that, send it to me, I'll make it my MySpace picture. Outstanding. Thank you, sir. 
Have a good one. Fantastic. By the way, on my dog leash at home, not mine, Max's dog leash, <laughs> on my dog leash and gag, ball gag at home, uh, on Max's dog uh, leash, he's, you know, it's the kind with the... Um, <laughs> It's the plastic handle, and the spool is inside the plastic handle. I, I think that's that the way they... One. But it has, like, a big warning on the side about never to hold it by the actual uh, twine, you know? Never always hold it by the plastic handle. Never hold it by the twine. And because I guess especially if you have a big dog, the warning sign, just like that guy talking about the stick man being wrapped around the drivetrain and snapped in half, the warning sign on my dog's leash shows like a cartoon hand where he's just wrapped the twine himself around the hand and the dog is presumably running away and there's like and the fingers are just sort of snapping off like oh. the, the fingers are actually being severed and falling off the hand and there's a big red lightning bolt which is presumably there to denote pain at said falling off of fingers so i find stuff like that hilarious i don't know why by the way reynolds high school is in troutdale um this guy says, Reynolds High School is in Troutdale, but is fed by the asshole of Rockwood, explaining the massive dropout rate. Uh, so, there you go. What is Rockwood? Uh, I don't know, actually. I have no, uh, I have no answer to that, Tim Riley. Let's go back to the phones and see what the people have to say with us. Uh, let's see here. Um, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey. What's up? I was in Lincoln City uh, ten days ago, and Sambo's is there. I drove by it like four times. So there is, so it is still around in Lincoln City. Little so that, was that the website you were just at, yes. Tim? Okay, yeah. So that's the website Tim was at. So maybe it's, maybe that's the guy. It's still there, but the sign is completely different. Yeah, so the tiger. Uh, well, it's 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 a very it's uh, a smiling tiger sign, but it still says Sambo's. Yeah, yeah. Sambo's. You know, it, the, it, it, I mean, look, I don't whatever. I mean, I guess it's a free country. People can do what they want to do, but it just seems like, in a business sense, it just seems like that's. Not really a very bright idea. Do you know what I mean? That just doesn't seem very clever in 2007. Unless you're just catering to the demographic that just, you know, longs for it to be 1942 again. So A lot of old people there. That uh, Really? You don't say? My grandparents probably. Thank you. Right. Bye now. All right. There you go. Uh, let's see here. Um, I cannot find that picture anywhere. We get to, uh, let's see. Uh, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 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 Um, I have more information about Little Sambo's if you're interested. Hold on a second. No offense. What is your name? Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Let's, no offense. Hold on a second. Let's pull the room. Are we interested in more information? Aaliyah sounds like a nice girl. All right. Go ahead. What is your information? Uh, I'm part of the Rocky Horror Picture Show group, and we went out to Lincoln City to perform on Saturday. Now, what is it? Now, uh, who do you play in Rocky Horror Picture Show? Um, I'm one of the Transylvanians. I've played Rocky in the past. Excellent. All right, then. Okay. Yeah. Um, we went to eat at Little Sambo's, and it's L-I-L Sambo's. Lil. Lil. And I have a phone number if you want. It was originally Little Black Sambo's with the whole story and everything to go with it. They even sell the book there in their lobby. Really? I, You yeah. know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of pass on the phone number because I don't really know what is it I would say to the proprietor of Little Sambo's at this point except WTF, and he probably gets that enough. So, uh, it, it, now, did they when you went in, did they have – I don't know how we got off on it. Oh, because of the weird street center talk, but um, – when I uh, when I would my parents would take me to this to the, the Sambo's that was in my hometown, mm-hmm. um, I remember. And I mean, it's, it's, I mean it, this is like a glorified local Denny's. It has nothing to do with the Sambo's chain restaurant. Well, that even the one when I was a kid was basically a Denny's. Um, it, but I, I will say this: I mean, when I was going to that, when it must have been late seventies, early eighties. I mean. Late enough in our development as a country that you think this sort of thing ought to have just been a no-brainer, but I do clearly remember 
Um, I'm not trying to dredge up past ugliness just for its own sake, but it is worth noting that, I mean, in 1980, I mean, the Civil Civil Rights Act had been passed for a decade and a half by that point, and they still, the inside of the restaurant, the perimeter up by the ceiling, was all of these uh, horrific uh, drawings and paintings of just like the worst caricatures uh, of of uh, you know black adults, black children, just like it just makes your skin crawl even. And again, I'm not like some big PC guy, but I mean, it just seemed like I can't imagine they who play up the tiger. They don't do anything yeah. with African Americans. Well, it is. They uh, even have a a burger that's called a Pounder Plus burger that they're really famous for that you put tiger sauce on that they pounder. make themselves. All right. Well, it just, I mean, again, what you know, it's a, it's a free country. Guy can do what he wants to do. I just, it does sort of make you wonder, like, who's driving down the road and says, well, we could go to any number of places uh, for dinner. Where should we spend our hard-earned American Sambo's. All right. Excellent. Aaliyah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Hey, can I ask you a question? Yes. Do you do, are you at the Clinton Street Rocky Horror? Uh, I'm with both Rocky Horrors that are at the Clinton Street. Okay. Uh, Halloween, are they doing it, uh, well, I guess I, I guess it's too late to ask. I was going to ask if the big one was going to be on Wednesday or was the it Saturday? The big one uh, is going to be on Wednesday. It is, uh, start. everybody needs to be there at 8 o'clock for the audience because I don't think there's pre-sale tickets. It's okay. first come, first serve, and it will be sold out. Oh, of course. Um, the, that is going to be a performance by the Clinton Street Cabaret, which is the longest-running uh, cast of Rocky Horror and the showing of the movie in the entire world. Okay. And then they're also doing a special after-Halloween show on November 3rd, which is a fetish ball. Come dressed as your favorite fetish, and so will the cast. Excellent. All right, excellent. Thank you. May I ask you which celebrity you most resemble, Aaliyah? Uh, probably Janine Garofalo. And ta- wait, are we talking? Uh, are we talking? Like a '90s street Janine Garofalo. Because she's she looks like a big crazy sticky scarecrow, uh, scarecrow now, and that's no good. No, like reality bites. That's what I'm talking about. You are speaking my language, Julia. All right, thank you. Okay, bye. Bye now. Hey, Sarah, and I know I make this claim all the time. You have to go one of these years to see Rocky Horror. I know. On Halloween, that's the best night to do it too. You, you, it's before you die. You have to. I'm, I'm not going to continue. On I'm not okay, but I'm just saying. I Not to sell like, There's another quote. band book for her apartment on Halloween. <laughs> That's there, not sluttier than I want. Do the back of their Do the back of their T-shirts say like Will Seattle, Portland, Sarah Dillon's apartment, uh, San Francisco, San Diego? They stayed in my living room. Are you going to stick with that story? Shh. Okay. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, how you doing, Rick? I'm Dandy. What's up? Um, well, I I know exactly what Sarah's talking about. The the picture of the on the beach of the 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 porn guy. Okay. Um, what the sign says, I think it says porn, it hurts our children. And I think it's written on the side of the building right next to the porn shop. So, um, and what it was, it was like a white background and like a, a, a scary looking guy with a, a the trench coat and a hat chasing after two children. Yeah, I found the sign, it's porn puts our children in harm's way. Wonderful. I, okay, I'll have to come over and look at it here in a second. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Uh-huh. All right, there you go. One more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 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 Uh, yeah, I got a little clarification on that uh, uh, Sambo's I'm, restaurant. I'm stunned. Yes. Okay. It used to be called Little Black Sambo's. Yes, we've. Yes, we are already. Yes, somebody somebody pointed that out to us, sir. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Hello. What? Hello. Hello. Oh, I, I was reaching for the phone disconnect and I couldn't find it in time. All right. Yes, I think that guy's been sitting at their bar for some time this morning. Um, okay, first of all, A, I have to tell you, the guy just sent me the graphic about the drivetrain warning. It's hilarious. You guys have to come check this out. And then I'll come look at And then Sarah found the picture of the molester. I'll come look at that. Okay. What a strange program this has already been. 
so how great is that? That is a fantastic warning sign. Look, the best part is like how the, the arm and leg are visibly, as he said, being snapped off. Oh, that's gross. That is wonderful. I'm gonna post that at rickemerson.com here. And if you don't go there, don't go yet. It's not. It's not up there. I'll do it during the break. That is great. All right, sir. Did you find this picture of the molester? I did. All right, hold on. All right, let's go over here. Now let's walk to the other side of the studio. The big studio. Okay, that is great. <laughs> and that's in Lincoln City, so I guess it's some kind of sponsor, like church sponsorship. Yeah. We did that. By the way, Harms is. And this is a porn shop right here, and then they rented the. Uh, yeah, they purchased this area. And they they've misspelled Harms, by the way. Just so you know, there's no. They've left out the apostrophe. So, you know. All right. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right. It's great. It made college humor. No, that's hilarious. Okay. Let's see. I can't um, believe you haven't seen that. It's huge. No. Well, I... Okay. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Got Rick. Best show ever. So thank, I'm over at you. the Crooked River Bridge last week. I'm over in Bend area. They've got this big sign there that says, hey, don't let your dogs off the leash or anything. Dogs will, many dogs have jumped to their death. And there's actually a picture that shows a dog jumping to its death off the cliff, suspended in midair. And you got to wonder exactly what artist was given that job. You know, like he was sitting at his desk and he was drawing Bazooka Joe comics. And they went, look, uh, could, you, could you draw a schnauzer jumping off the bridge to the rocky precipice below? So, well, i got to be honest. I actually had to look over the edge just to see if I could see dog carcasses down there at the bottom of the ravine. Of course you did. Thank you, sir. And, okay, there you go. Now, here's another porn one someone just sent to me. An organ porn hurts everyone. <laughs> oh, and it's a family inside a teardrop. Okay, somebody just sent me, okay, now we're getting nothing but hilarious warning signs. Okay, check out this one. I'm going to turn my computer. Check out this one about falling rocks. <laughs> I know that this has now become a show you that no one that can appreciate. I'm gonna make it on MySpace page. No one can appreciate this, but it's a guy walking underneath a cliff, a cartoon man, of course. And you know what? You know who this guy is? The guy in this in this uh, the warning uh, cartoon about the falling uh, rock. He's the uh, he's the um, the white figure that shows up in the crossing the street thing at the crosswalk. You know, there's the oh, red hand. Okay, yeah. There's the red hand and then the walking white figure. He's the walking white figure. Except he's taking a vacation. He's at the beach and a huge piece of the cliff has fallen off above him and is about to crush him. That is wonderful. Uh, we are amused by odd things on this program. We're not like other people. I do realize that now. Uh, hey, by the way, if anyone wants Hannah Montana tickets, they're selling them for $52. Where? Who are you speaking to? Are you speaking to the people or to Tim and I? No, to you. Because I'm all over the Hannah Montana tickets. All right. Um, let's do one more, and then we'll do one more story, and then we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, what's up? Hey, what's up? Hey, this is Alan. Yes, it is. Hello, Hi. sir. Hi. Okay. Yeah, it was hilarious. I was driving down Powell the other day when I was working, uh -huh. and I looked over, me and my girlfriend looked over at a wheelchair van. And it has the little ramp that goes up and down for the wheelchair, right? And uh, the guy in the wheelchair is actually falling off the ramp, and it has a little diagram and everything. Wait, this is this is a real man in a wheelchair or the, the, a sign? No, it was the little sign, of course. You know, I got the same flexi dog collar that you got with the fingers falling off. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just hilarious every time I see one. I mean, my girlfriend are laughing for like two hours over this wheelchair guy. Yes. I mean, next time you see like a wheelchair van, you gotta look. Look, okay, so they're all over. Where? All right, let's stop here. Where, uh, Powell and where? There's 122nd and Powell area. <laughs> 122nd and Powell, there's a hilarious warning sign with a falling over wheelchair man. 
Yeah. All right, excellent. Thank you, Mike. What's your girlfriend's name? Emily. Alan and Emily, thank you guys for She's listening. She's a lucky woman. You you call us any time. Yeah, we called you about Sealand once, remember? Yes. <laughs> right on. That Take was our favorite call. All right, dude, thank you. Yeah, bye. Bye. Okay. The hope of a better tomorrow. That is the shining future of America right there. A graduate of Reynolds High School. <laughs> All right, we should break. It's 503-733. I love this show. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I think these guys did a split with the Dropkick Murphys at one point, actually. I think they did a split record or split EP or something. No, I'm just saying, for those Dropkick Murphys enthusiasts in the house, if you're a supporter of the Dropkick Murphys, if you're behind the Dropkick Murphys, or what is wrong with you? Vice versa. What? Nothing. Hi. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Sounds like a Dropkick Murphy's song. <laughs> Imagine that, Rick Emerson. Dave's in just did the greatest thing in the hallway. I was walking to the bathroom, and Dave, I sort of intersected with Dave, and he goes, um, Rick, so last night, did Sarah... And I said, did Sarah what? And he goes, never mind. And then he just goes upstairs. I didn't do anything. The answer to that question is always yes, Dave. I'm sorry, no. The answer is no. No. You know, Sarah, many people have open relationships they are swingers as in to swing and it's nothing to be ashamed of sir i like relationships where only see the person twice a year <laughs> why hello it's the rick emerson radio program it's 503-733-2970 relations where you can just check the website to find out when your next date's going to be <laughs> hartford michigan oregon Ladies and gentlemen at the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. Well, it looks like the former James Bond, Pierce Brosnan, is being investigated for the alleged battery of a member of the paparazzi. L.A. County Sheriff's Department is looking into an October 26th incident outside a restaurant in Malibu. A witness claims that photographer Robert Rosen began uh, complimenting Brosnan, who was with one of his children on his role in the James Bond film, and Brosnan swore at Rosen and then struck him in the ribs. How dare you compliment my children? Now, Rosen reportedly then kicked the actor in the stomach. Wonderful. Uh, let's see here. So the investigation is underway. I'm sorry. People are now sending me nothing but hilarious graphic warning signs. Uh, incidentally, you can go to rickemerson.com. Uh, I've not posted these. You can go to rickemerson.com, and there's two of the more hilarious submissions, one including the guy getting his limbs severed by the drivetrain of his automobile, and another one featuring the you-may-now-cross-at-this-intersection guy uh, about to be killed. And the best part is that he's completely unaware of it. He is com The stick figure man is completely unaware of his impending demise at the hands of some rock that's about to fall. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Hey. Hey. I can do uh, Lisa one better. 
Uh, then the A team in Italian. I saw Hogan's Heroes in Germany dubbed in German. That's a little awkward. Uh, oh, yeah, but Hogan, Klink, and even the French guy speak in German. Right. I mean, it's just, I, that sort of surprises me, actually, that Germany would show Hogan's Heroes. You know, wasn't a Hitler salute banned there? Well, yeah, because so you can't, because you can't in any way show, you cannot show any Nazi uh, imagery in Germany. It is, in fact, illegal. Well, uh, you know, I don't think on the show there was ever a swastika or ever a reference to Hitler. It was just a fun-loving guy in don't the prison camp. But don't they wear... Yes, as was often the case. Don't they, don't they wear Nazi uh, regalia, though? Oh, I don't remember. Look, here's, here's a fun fact, and the KISS fans all know this. You know the KISS logo, the, the S's are lightning bolts. If you buy a KISS record or any KISS merchandise in Germany, the S's are changed into, they look like Z's, because you cannot sell the KISS logo as it is in America in Germany because it looks like the SS oh, yeah, symbol. Does. Yeah, you can't, which is just a coincidence, but you, yeah, the, the KISS logo has to be altered for anything they sell in Germany. Hey, I gave you a Tamako a couple of years ago. What did you ever do with it? Oh, Mr. Tamako. Uh, yeah, this is based on the Simpsons episode of the same name. You were crossbreeding tobacco and tomatoes. Right. Um, well, I think you gave it to me, and then we were going to have it sort of framed and loose side or preserved or something, but I think I forgot it over the weekend, and it, it sort of rotted, and I had to throw it away, unfortunately. Are you still growing tobacco? Well, no, but I got some really cool news. Um, I went down to uh, Fox Studios with The Simpsons, and I recorded uh, the commentary for that episode on the DVD. Really? Yeah, and it'll be out in April. And there's actually a plug for Rick Emerson in it. When they asked what I did with the tomacos, I said, you know, we tested the first one in the lab, the second one I sent down to Ian Maxstone Graham, and then the third one I sent to Rick Emerson, a local talk show host, so I am actually mentioned on a Simpsons commentary. Yes. And now, it may be edited out or whatever. Who knows? It's supposed to be out in April on DVD. That is so cool. Well, Your life if, is complete, right? Uh, yeah, really, no. Honestly, even if it hits the cutting room floor, uh, for example, like all of Tim and Sarah's film performances, that's fine. Mm -hmm. The cutting uh -huh. room floor, that's nothing to be ashamed of, being edited out. So, well, thank you for at least thinking to, uh, you know, to mention it. If, you, like, if it makes it in, so much the better, but thank you for that. Well, and Ian was much more of a man than, than you were with the tobacco. You know, I sent him the second he one. He ate it. He ate it. Really? Well, See, I didn't. I thought it would be uh, lethal. I thought that the, the well, tobacco plant would be... Well, I thought, too. I... I warned them and everything else, and they said they had it there in the writer's workshop area, and I said it was like a wet paint sign. Excellent. Uh, they cut it in half, and surprise, it wasn't brown inside like the cartoon, you know. <laughs> and so he licked it and didn't drop dead, and uh, then he ate the thing, and, Fantastic. you know, it wasn't... Lake Oswego man kills executive producer of Simpsons, show canceled. He, he, you know, he ate the tobacco and lived to tell the tale. There's another one, too, an uh, engineer at uh, Xerox who does, like, base jumping and, you know, all these crazy daredevil things. Right. He sent me a picture of him just powering one down. Fantastic. You are a personal hero now, sir. Well, appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. Mr. Tamako, ladies and gentlemen, well done. How cool is that? Even if that it gets edited cool. out, that's very cool that mm -hmm. on a Simpsons commentary track, he dropped our name. Well done. Like Thank that. you, my friend. Best audience ever. Here's Tim Riley. Well, adults are always standing by to ruin Halloween for the kids, and this year will be no exception. Uh, the founder of RollMommy.com, Beth Feldman, said... RollMommy? Yes, RollMommy.com. Okay. Uh, Beth Feldman said there are ways for moms to navigate trick-or-treating, and that comes without wearing themselves out. Her first tip is to remember the word... 
No. It's okay to miss a few parties. God, I hate parties. Just take everything slowly and enjoy it. And and then on Halloween, you don't have to be out trick-or-treating for four hours. An hour and a half is perfectly fine. Parents are just killjoys. No. Parents are just buzzkills in every sense of the word. Mom should leave work early on Halloween. When your kids are at that age where they really want you to come with them trick-or-treating, you, you need to just put your foot down and say, I'm leaving early today. I'm going to come in early, but I've got to leave early because I've got to be there with my kids to trick-or-treat. Okay, this, okay. I, first of all, oh, never mind. Hey, can I tell you I had the best idea for a product last night? I was talking to uh, Bridget upstairs, who does the podcast. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Halloween stuff. I have the best, if I had a little venture capital, a little seed money for this, this is a product that would sell to all of the sort of gothic, uh, hipster, hot topic, uh, sort of like, I embrace the dark side and walk with the, you know, the specter of death. Those kids, the, uh, the gloom kids, yes. here's what you sell. You know how you can buy, like, a plastic Easter egg, you know, and you buy, you open the plastic Easter egg and there's, like, a toy or candy inside or something? Here's what you sell for Halloween. A plastic apple toy razor blade or a candy razor blade inside. Mm. It's like an Easter egg, but it's a plastic apple, and you open it, and there are candy razor blades inside. Kids would totally buy that. Yeah. You get some of those, like, uh, 22-year-old clove smokers, they would totally buy such a product. So somebody go out and you, just, you have that idea for free and just make that. Um, and what, well, you know, this is probably one of those joyless moms like Scotty J. I'm sorry, Mrs. J. But well, I think no, I think Mrs. J. is one of those. I I don't mean to just disparage her for no reason. Uh, <laughs> I think we passed that point yesterday. <laughs> just a, I didn't realize that my microphone was on. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, no, I think she is one. No, of those, we passed that point yesterday. Anyway. I'm pretty sure she's one of those joyless moms that I'm takes the kids. Uh, well, I think she takes the kids trick or treating in a mall. I may be wrong about that. That's just depressing. And if I am, I apologize. There are other reasons to be irritated. I'm just saying... The children are only given dentine. I think... It, and, and, and erasers. Have a pencil. I think that they take the kids trick-or-treating either in a mall or oh, like in totally some... I them trick-or-treating in a mall. Yeah, or in some like structured community, like at some strip mall or something. I don't think they do the regular door-to-door, and I'm not going to do my stupid rant about how you know raising a generation of pussified children but I mean honestly seriously so whatever i'm just so glad i'm not a kid now i mean i know people pine away for their childhood and oh to be young again all the golden days i'm like being a kid sucks mm-hmm. being a kid sucks and it's never sucked more than it does now bunch of joyless lifeless goddamn adults just sucking the fun out of everything here's more Lieutenant Vance says, before you go to somebody's house for a trick-or-treat, investigate whether or not they're a child molester. Well, certainly it's a good opportunity for us to remind parents that they should take a moment, look on the sex offender registry, look online, and be informed. Understand who's living in your community, who's living on your street. It helps you make a determination as to what homes your children will visit in your neighborhood. Yes, uh, of course, or you could just be an attentive just... goddamn parent and just go with your children. Or is that like cutting into your, uh, that, cutting into your reality TV watching? If you don't wish to participate, in the festivities, what would happen if you hung a child molester sign on your front door? You should would try nobody it, ring the door Let me know. You, should, you just do, do a little experiment. Let us know the outcome of that. Uh, you, maybe instead of child molester, what if I just hang one, you know, just says child hater. Right oh. there. And the, the, somebody else, somebody should put those to do. You know what I mean? Just, Poison just, just, candy. Child right. loather. Just hangs right in the window. I'm going to do that. See what happens. Well, the largest dam in Iraq is on the verge of collapsing. We can only hope. The U.S. warns... The release of this 55-foot wave of water would uh, wreck two of the country's largest cities and drown as many as 500,000. So please, stay away from it. Meanwhile, this is the anniversary of uh, Stalin's Purge, where he killed uh, millions and millions of people. I should have mentioned that to Lisa Goddard. We could have had all manner of discussion about Stalin. Seventy years ago. The Man of Steel. It was the Reign of Terror. 
Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Vladimir Putin, a former KGB spy, is marking this annual day of remembrance of the victims of the purges with a visit to uh, Butovo, a military training ground near Moscow, where tens of thousands of people were es- uh, oh, executed by firing squads. So this is the 70th anniversary of that. Hundreds of thousands, millions of people were killed, sent to the camp, shot, and tortured. The good old-fashioned Russian way. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Fox News' uh, Bill O'Reilly found an indirect way of going after Rosie O'Donnell recently. If Bill wants me, he should phone me himself. He's a big boy. He's a grown-up. O'Reilly uh, recently sent a cameraman and a field producer for the O'Reilly Factory to ask Rosie O'Donnell why she refused to come on the show and whether she had any regrets over her controversial 9-11 remarks. She was in the middle of a book signing at the time of the ambush, denying making the comment, saying O'Reilly misquoted her. The New York Post reports O'Donnell blogged about the event over the weekend, writing that the men were, quote, bullied, what does it say, bullied, out not soon enough for my liking. I don't know what that means. Bullied out, not soon enough for my liking. Well, whatever, Rosie. Moving along. Uh, rapper 50 Cent wants you to know that he's backing Hillary Clinton. She had to be very well aware of the uh, decisions that her husband was making while he was actually the president. And uh, if she shares his views, I think we were in a pretty good space when Bill was actually the president. I have no comment. There's really nothing I could say. Okay. Hey, Backstreet Boys are back with a brand new album, their first in two years. It is titled Unbreakable. The album reunites the group's uh, principal members, minus uh, Kevin Richardson, who left last year to focus on family life. Is Kevin Richardson the one with the drawn-on, with the mascara beard? I'm not sure. Is that Kevin Richardson? <laughs> I don't know. Who's the don't you, who's the Backstreet Boy that has, you know what I'm talking about? AJ. The, the eyeliner oh, beard? How do guy. I know that? Is that true? Is that AJ? Yeah. So who is Kevin Richardson? What is he doing? Oh. He's got, he's, he got some other he's project? He's focusing on his family life. I don't know. Uh, all right. Because normally what it is is like Scotty J. They'll... <laughs> focusing on what he's being told to do at home. He's cold You know, can I just... Can I tell you this? I was saying this before the show. You know what Scotty is doing right now? Scotty is sitting in a garage somewhere at writing vice president on his business cards in pen. <laughs> just sitting there with a bick, just writing vice president right there on all of those... Because uh, normally what it is with these bands when they get back together, they will always get back together minus the one successful solo member. Mm. Like the Don Henley guy, he, he never rejoins. It's always it's always uh, just like it's Glenn Fry uh, and Joe Walsh and like three dudes from a bus station somewhere, and then Don Henley never appears. So that's you can always tell who has the successful solo cricket. He does not join the comeback album. Well, uh, the fellow who wears the mascara, A.J. McLean, says Unbreakable is a modern take on the group's signature style. We're really excited about it. We really wanted to kind of find the sound that we're really known for, but Somebody's kind of aging badly. it and update it and just, you know, try to be trendsetters again, try to be a little bit more on the edge, um, but also timeless and classic Backstreet. Well, that seemed to Wait. take a long time, didn't it? <laughs> no, really, while he started that... In the time it took for that interminable soundbite to, soundbite to play, I checked my mail, saw something interesting, opened the email, read the entire thing, and then checked my email again. All while waiting for whatever his name was to say something that I can't recall now. Uh, Brian Latrell talks about how the chemistry has changed with their band. We are born entertainers. We're hams. We love the attention. And I think over the years, as we've grown together, we've learned to value one another. We've learned to um, value the relationships that... We have with managers and, and the people that guide artists. As, you know, you might not get along all the time, but, you know, we understand that um, I think the passion lies with us four. 
um, and sticking together. That guy ought to be put in a bag and poked repeatedly with a sharp stick. Uh, Nick Carter said the Backstreet Boys have the potential to make a giant comeback. Uh -huh. You know, Green Day and Chili Peppers. There was a bunch of albums that they just kind of like fell under the radar, but they were still doing their thing. The music was good. Then all of a sudden they came back because for whatever reason, whether, you know, music was ready to have them or, um, you know, it was just the right time or whatever. But I think that that's exactly what it's all about. It's about us just staying, kind of staying the course and staying our path. He sounds really yeah. smart. Uh, and the chili peppers. Rick, uh, about, let's see, funny sign of the Fremont Bridge. Sort of. Rick, when you drive on the top deck of the Fremont Bridge, there are signs that read, Suicide? Question mark. Call five oh, it's the flower. Yeah, totally. They are they on the There's a lily on them. Uh, call 503, you know, da-da-da, the rest of the number. He said, I've always thought of the following. What if you're some poor soul on the bridge contemplating jumping? The sign makes you rethink it. Then you look around and there is no phone. I never really did think there no. isn't a phone, is there? So unless there you have is a, no phone. Unless you have Maybe a cell like phone. Maybe a uh, phone. <laughs> but you have to listen to, like, an ad for the station yeah. before it'll, it'll connect you. Don't don't kill yourself yet, please. And then like a thirty second spot for the radio station. So if you just become really frustrated, and I would hate to think that that would push somebody over the edge, so to speak. Rick, Kraft macaroni and cheese is crap. Tell Sarah to go to Trader Joe's and get Annie's shells and cheese. You know Annie's uh, is expensive. Annie's. It is expensive. It's like four bucks. Yeah, seriously, you get Kraft, it's like, because it's cents. good for you. Uh, uh, that, that is not, that's no crap. That is a load. It that prevents is, heart attacks. Such a lie. Such they a lie. They just make you think that, Tim. That is it. The Annie's macaroni How and cheese. I do not trust somebody named Annie. I'm just saying. And her shells and cheese, which look like yeah. little rabbits. Uh -huh. um, and isn't she the one that makes the uh, the macaroni and cheese where the, the macaroni is like little peace signs too? Or it has a little bunny on the front of it. That's what I'm saying. That's oh. that. Yeah, that's yeah, Annie's. They have like yeah, they have a tie dye bunny. You know, she has that whole wheat macaroni and cheese that tastes weird. It tastes really gross. It does. You know, like, there is an Annie. It's like eating cardboard. It really is like... Well, I always overcook the noodles, too, because they're never um, squishy enough, and then it's just still like... Now, listen to this. Listen to how this poor woman has deluded herself about Annie's macaroni. She said, uh, get Annie's shells and... Now, see, I know you don't care for the white cheddar. I am a... I prefer the craft. The white cheddar I will sometimes have, but I like, I'm... A, I like the craft sometimes. Really? I'm a, I mean, not... Sorry, not... I love the craft all the time, but... Uh, White cheddar. White cheddar I'll go with now and again. I'm more of a craft traditionalist. Listen to listen to how this poor woman just lies to herself. You know one of those boxes of macaroni has five servings in it. Uh-huh. Sure it does. Uh, what else? Uh, let's see. Rick, about Sarah's exciting new scarf. Uh, pleased to be asking Sarah what team and which scarf did she trade for it. So you got a scarf from the Dropkick Murphy, or I'm sorry, the Street Dogs guy last night. Yeah, I have three Timber scarves. I got one that I can actually buy again. So I traded him my Timber scarf, which now he'll be wearing on his tour, which is awesome. Um, for this one, I don't know what it says. Is it is it a foreign language? Well, I try and oh, pronounce it's, it. It's German. It's in German. German. It says. Work with you free. <laughs> <laughs> I can't top that. That's the best joke of the day right there. I missed it. <laughs> well done, Tim Riley. For the win. Uh, he says, we Army listeners need to know. And a shout-out to Lendog in Kuwait, one of your biggest fans. Love the show. All right. Well, hello. All right. Yeah, I got nothing. All right. It's 503-733-2970. You're a bad person. <laughs> Undeniable. Here's Tim Riley. Well, Andy Williams is getting into the holiday spirit once again. His beloved Christmas Day show opens in Branson this Thursday. Christmas sets, uh, you know, with snow, children, uh, sleigh rides, everything is Christmas. Costumes are Christmas. Sounds like he can't open his mouth all the way. Santa Claus, reindeer, penguins, all kinds of things. Penguins? I guess uh, he's fine. Whatever. 
Uh, Halloween expert Sissy Biggers. (laughs) 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 Okay. Whatever you say. (laughs) I think we've all gone a little mad today. I think Sarah's lack of sleep and hangover is sort of catching today because everything is funny to me. I'm not hungover. I'm still drunk. (laughs) I'm sorry. Halloween expert who? Sissy Biggers. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Has advice on what to do once the trick-or-treating is over and the costumes come off. That's when the killing begins. If moms don't make post-Halloween plans, they're going to live to regret it. What you're going to be left with is a kid with a sugar crash, uh, ruined sheets with makeup all over them. So it's really important to just think through the before, as we all do at Halloween, but remember the after and have some of these things in place. Sissy Bigger says, when you put the Halloween makeup on, plan for a way to take it off. Get a good mild cleanser to wash your kids' faces thoroughly to get that makeup off. Comet. We all have that memory of a mommy with a washcloth trying to get the clown makeup off, and it's not its not a pretty sight. Okay. Whatever you say, Sissy Biggers. Fantastic. Here's Tim Riley, kid. Oh, the classic show, It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, is back just in time for Halloween. It's going to be on ABC tonight at 8 o'clock. It first aired October 1966, and I think there's a uh, American Masters piece on uh, Charles Schultz yeah. tonight. Well, you know, there's that new biography of him. He was crazy. That, oh, he was crazy and a bastard, apparently. Yeah. He um, hated everyone. He, just, yeah, he was, a, he was a terrible person, You, uh, according to this biography. And, of course, the family... You, you know, it was an authorized biography, and people always wonder what that means. What that means is I think the family participates in it. And so I read this huge interview with the family who... The author interviewed them repeatedly about, you know, their, their, their dad, or, you know, they interviewed the wife about, you know, well, what's it like to be married to Charles Schultz? And I guess just the, the picture that everybody painted, I don't know whether he got them all drunk beforehand or something, or whether he just, you know, no, well, this will be off the record. But apparently he was just like a colossal a-hole. And now, of course, they're regretting all the things, you know, that they said, because I guess when they were interviewed, they didn't really think it all the way through that like hey this is going to be hardbound in a book and simon and schuster is going to be putting it in stores everywhere but i guess yeah the the image that is depicted of charles schultz would you can tell if you read i don't want to overthink it but if you read peanuts you can tell that was a guy who was not happy uh he was that was a man with any number of really serious weird neuroses i mean the fact that really by his own admission like 50 years later uh, he was still obsessing over some girl he had a crush on in third grade, which is why Charlie Brown is always obsessing over the little red-haired girl, mm-hmm. because that was some girl from, like, you know, grammar school that Charles Schultz always had a crush on and never got over. So there's just a whole lot of weirdness going on in that guy's head. Let me also say this about those peanut specials, and I don't mean to sound like a bad American, but if you go back and you watch the peanut specials now, like Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown, or whatever, they're just so slow-moving. Just nothing happens. Uh, there are sequences in well, that... they walk across rooms in real time. <laughs> exactly. That's totally what it is. Uh, let's spend nine minutes of precious on-screen time doing the foxtrot with the same four animation cells repeated over and over again ad nauseum. Uh, it, it, it's just... It really is... I'm not saying they're bad, but it really is like... It is a... Um, it is an imprint from a different time. Uh, you could just never get away with that now. because ch- And f- I, I got to believe that children are not at all impressed by those Charlie Brown things now. Because even as an adult, I found myself sort of anxiously looking at my watch. Like, when is something going to take place in this cartoon? So, you know, anyway. Yeah, it's just a whole lot of bad animation and, and tedious jazz music. So this documentary on him includes home movies. 
Excerpts from Peanuts TV specials, original animations, and photos. Well, all right. And interviews with, uh, interviews with family members. So that's that. So that's on tonight. Oh, Paris Hilton is uh, planning once again to go to Rwanda, in spite of her recent delay. Fantastic. Uh, she says, uh, we were supposed to be going in November, but then the charity's doing restructuring and figuring things out. It's going to be uh, next year, she says. She thinks, quote, there's a lot I can do. And there's a lot I can do. 26-year-old Hilton feels that if she goes to Rwanda, she can save people's lives. <laughs> Maybe if they eat her. She hopes her charity work will inspire others to do the same. I want kids to know, even if they're 15 or 16 years old, you can do something. Says Paris Hilton. Meanwhile, another teenager is charged with second-degree murder in the killing of a woman who answered an ad on Craigslist for a babysitter. Michael John Anderson is accused of shooting Catherine Ann Olsen in the back at his home in suburban Savage. Uh, this is the name of the town. Bail is set at $1 million. She'd gone to his home to inquire about a babysitting job that was advertised on the Craigslist. Oh, by the way, someone said the American Masters thing after all of our pimping was last night. So there you hey, go. It'll be repeated ten, ten or twelve more times. Excellent. By the way, uh, I got a couple of these. Somebody uh, wants to know, and by somebody I mean Richie, wants to know if we are we interested in interviewing Richard Pimentel, the Portive native, Portive, Portland native that the movie is based on, this movie, The Music Within. So apparently Ron Livingston's character in this Music Within movie is based upon an actual Portland. What is this movie even about? It's a fellow in a wheelchair from Vietnam. Is and we're it? protesting the war or something. And They're they don't protesting. want him in a restaurant. Why? Well, because he, he speaks funny. Well, for that period of time. What, a clown? He amuses yes. you? Yes. <laughs> Two guys and go into a bar. And the people sitting next to him at the table are outraged that he's, uh, that he's in a... Speaking funny? Wait, hold yes. on. So that he's in the restaurant, in a wheelchair, and speaking funnily. Funnily. What, when you say speaks funny, does he have an impediment of some kind? Uh, yes. Okay, is this because of his war injuries? Yes. Okay. So, now, is this the guy Ron Livingston plays? No, he's the friend of the guy in the wheelchair. Oh, that, that makes sense, actually. He is yeah. the, who, now, who's the guy in the wheelchair in the movie? Is it somebody we know? Who is the... No, it's some unknown actor. Uh, I can find out. We don't know who the lead actor in this movie is? I thought no. it was Ron Livingston. No, well, well Tim says Ron no. Ron Livingston is the friend. He's the friend of the wheelchair guy. All right. So, now, you are sitting at a park bench, Tim? No, I am sitting at the table next to them. Okay. And during you, the scene. Are you one of the shocked townspeople who is appalled by... I am a shocked diner. You and so this is, and when is it set? 1970? 70-something. 70-something. 70 and so now, is it, is it, are you just a man in the restaurant, just so we can spot you when we I'm go to see this right movie? I'm sitting right next to them. Says Michael Sheen. Michael, is he of the, uh, is he of the prostitute Sheen? No, Leslie Nielsen. Really? Yeah. I wonder if we could get Leslie Nielsen on the program. That would be fantastic. So, uh, so you are sitting at a diner. He comes in, he is speaking, and then you are one of the shocked and horrified townspeople that is appalled at the way he talks. Yes. All right. And then, Sarah, is you are holding a... Uh, a war now, where did they film that? It was actually on um, South... Is it Southwest? No, Northwest Broadway, outside of some, like, old courthouse. It was right near that park, right off of Burnside. Okay, excellent. So, yeah, so this is next Wednesday. Now, I guess we're, we'll probably be doing a giveaway of this uh, to the Glorious Bastards. By the way, if you are not a Glorious Bastard, uh, you got to go to 970.am, uh, 970.am and sign up for that. So that is... I now see. I'm. I'm legit. I. I sense that I'm more excited about this than you guys are. I am no, excited to see. We both got cut out of it. Well, you don't know that. You've got to be the power of positive thinking. That's why I never get excited about these. <laughs> You've just learned to expect nothing. Yes. You've learned to expect the expect the least. Tell no one. Uh, so I. I, I throw parties on that. Yes. Uh, please. Please to expand. Well, it was for the invaders. Uh huh. 
Oh, with the TV series? And I was the lead invader. It, it was a, it was a made-for-TV movie for, for, for uh, Fox. And Richard right. Thomas was in it. Right. Uh, Richard Thomas of, uh, of, of of the Waltons fame? Yes. Scott Bakula yes. was in it. Oh, I and love I was, him. I was the lead alien. I was in every scene. And they cut you out or of so all you of them? thought. I, I was in the promo. How did they... <laughs> I, was in the, I was in the promo for it. How did they, they cut... They had giant fans blowing dirt into my face, and I kept walking like the actor that I am, right into it. <laughs> How did they cut you out if you were in every scene? I, there were no aliens <laughs> shown in this movie. In the movie called The Invaders. In the, in the, it was in two parts. <laughs> the first night I told everyone... Uh, perhaps we don't appear till tomorrow night's episode. That's so okay. come back and we'll have a second party. No, they're leading. Did they? Yes, they did. <laughs> Were you in the second part? And I'm spending myself thousands of dollars in debt. <laughs> Inviting perfect strangers to the this. Anticipating residuals that would never come. <laughs> do you, now, do you, get, you don't get paid if your face doesn't show up in the movie, do you? Uh, you are correct. <laughs> I, I, got, I, got, I got paid for those days. Uh, I think scale there was... Five hundred four dollars a day. So right, it was like five days. Okay, well, maybe I mean that's, that's a that's something. Change. Yep, it was. That's something that'll that'll hold you over for a little while through some of the lean months. I pay for that party with that money. <laughs> hey, Rick, you know who else is in this? Is Rebecca De Mornay? Really? Mm-hmm. Hello. Uh, I didn't see her. She wasn't in the desert when we filmed that. Uh, she wasn't standing there having grit blown into her eyes no. by an industrial fan. Well, the, the worst part of Stand there. Is, we're going to cover you in sharp pieces of rock. I got the sweaty rubber mask on. <laughs> and, the dust, there... and the dust is getting stuck inside this rubber mask. And you got like 12 hours to go. You can't take the mask off. Uh, oh, it's genius. Hold That's on. really weird. She plays Ron Livingston's mom. Rebecca De Mornay? Yeah. Well, women age kind of weirdly in Hollywood, and men age sort of in reverse. Uh, hold on. The Invaders. I have to see what you might have looked like as an alien. Mm-hmm. Let's see. If I did appear there at all. Let's see. The Invaders. Now, see, all I'm getting is stuff from the 1960s television show. 1995 TV. Yep. Mm-hmm. Go to that one. I, That's it. I'm looking at Google Images here. Number 10. Where are you guys looking? Are you I at IMDb? On IMDb? Yeah, yep, that's right. IMDb.com. Are you listed on here, Tim? Well, we probably we were not about because the... they cut me out of it. <laughs> he says bitterly. The <laughs> invaders. Yeah, I only see the people listed. I don't Invader. see one invader. Yeah, let's see here. 1995. I don't even see it over here. I don't. Oh, there we go. 1995 television. Okay. Now, if you look in that drawing. Let's see. Well, you can't even see, see. In that one. No, there's there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> and then, by the way, for plot synopsis, plot synopsis empty. Add a synopsis. So no one has even no one no has even, even commented on. No one has even <laughs> no one has even cared. No, no one cared. Believe me. Um, no one has even cared enough to put a plot synopsis. Um, the only user comment is worth a look for a performance from a supporting player. Presumably not you. No. Um, I'm not even listed on here. <laughs> not one of the aliens is listed. Oh, Richard Belzer is in this. Yeah. And he's listed like ninth. I saw him walking down the street in New York. Let's see you here. Quinn Martin. You should have said you saw him in The Invaders. <laughs> Quinn, I love, I love you in The Invaders. <laughs> um, we should do that whenever we have any sort of star or celebrity in this program. We should find like the least important thing they've ever done, and we should choose to, to focus solely on that project to compliment. But all. you will see me 
for a split second in this, I will say, because I'm the sitting, back of your head. I'm, I'm sitting there. My head is going back and forth from almost passing out because I was on this bus <laughs> sitting behind Scott Bakula. Covered in like rubber and 98 degree yes. heat. I'm trying to stay. Of course, you can't tell if I'm conscious or not, but I was almost unconscious. Of course. But that's a split second you can see me. Jesus. Sitting behind Scott Bakula on the bus. Other than that, the invaders are never shown. <laughs> of course. They ran out of money. <laughs> the invaders are just sort of a thematic choice. The invaders are simply implied. Oh, my God. Is it off our trailer? No. Uh, all right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. So here's what we'll do. Uh, well, we shouldn't break now. We might as well just roll through with this. So I'm going to read this fantastic story. Is it hot in here? No. Okay, I'm a little warm in here. I think I'm under this light or something. Uh, yeah. I'm going to read the story from the Oregonian. Then we've got It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. That's one o'clock. Uh, it is. It's 105 um, here on KCMD Portland. We'll have this horrible song that a listener sent to Sarah. Uh, I just got to read this, though. Subject line, radioactive batch descending on my hometown of Kennewick. Rick, if you check today's page B3 of the Oregonian, there is a story about, wait for it, Remember that story we had last week about there being radioactive shrimp uh, and glow-in-the-dark salmon in my hometown? Yeah. Apparently, there is a story in today's Oregonian, which I have not seen, about 2,000 bats living in an underground storage tank at the plutonium facility in my hometown. Just imagine bare bats in case they need them. <laughs> yes. Just imagine if on Halloween, thousands of radioactive bats descended on the bucolic citizens of Kennewick. Jesus, God. Terror would ensue. Anyway. So there you go. So apparently my hometown is filled with radioactive bats. That's awesome. Yeah, it really is. Um, let's see. Uh, what else before we, before we get to this other thing? Um, I got two Walmart stories to read. And uh, just because the news is really just piling up here just to an insane amount. Um, two Walmart stories. One from Wisconsin. One from Arkansas, I believe. This is from Waukesha. Uh, a town eagle man who said he had quit drinking for more than a year was cited for retail theft at a Waukesha Walmart after he reportedly took seven bottles of alcohol off the store shelves and downed them in 12 minutes in the liquor aisle. First of all, who knew that they sold liquor at a Walmart? So I guess that does make sense. Because at a certain point you realize you're walking around a Waukesha Walmart and you just can't wait to dull the pain. The man was cited for retail theft after the incident at the Walmart Supercenter. When confronted by a store uh, official, the man initially denied having consumed seven bottles of alcohol, but smelled strongly of intoxicants, the police said. Winkowski added the, uh, that the man was a recovering alcoholic who'd been uh, dry for 16 months until that date, when he decided, quote, to go to a Walmart and just start drinking. It's good to have plans, sir. Uh, and also this... Walmart employee, boy, this is, you talk about the worst place to engage in certain behaviors. Walmart employee charged with taking woman's picture with cell phone. Police say employee told them he was attracted to shopper, took snapshot of her bottom. A Walmart employee was arrested Monday after he took cell phone pictures of a shopper's bottom, Round Rock police said. The shopper said she heard a camera click behind her as she walked through the store. When she turned around, she saw 23-year-old Baldemar Vela acting as though he were talking up the phone. She took a picture of Vela with her own camera phone and went to the Walmart management to complain. Vela told police he had followed the woman through the Walmart because he found her, quote, really hot and took up to 20 photos of her bottom Ew. with with his cell phone all right uh before we're, okay so we should do we should give a little background before we do this worst song ever sarah 
Do you want to do that now? So this is, yeah, this is from Michael in Seaside. And before we play it, I want to note that Michael, it's not like he just gives us bad music. Uh, he actually last week sent me um, this uh, Van Halen bootleg. No, and he wasn't trying to send me something bad. I think, you know, he's trying to send me something good. Well, that's what I'm noting. He sends us, you know, he will send me CDs occasionally, and most of it is actually really good. Uh, most of it does not fall into the awful category. But the law of averages being what it is, some of it was it was bound to suck eventually. So, did, now, do you know where this performance is? Uh, when was this? Oh, I left the CD case at home. Okay, um, but, it's, but it's recent. It's, it's got to like be... 2007. I think it was like... Um, like two months. So ago. it's got to be on the. So it's on the Battered of Hell three tour. Yes. All right. It's so this is what Neil of used to sound like. You can cry all night. Sessions presents. What a great album Battered of Hell is. Come on. Okay. If you don't like this album, you're a bad American. Flash forward to 2007. So what does Me Love sound like? Now do you are we taking this from the top? No, I, I fast-forwarded a little bit. To the hideousness? Should I, I'll, I'll rewind it. All right, so this is Meatloaf now. Keep in mind, we're big Meatloaf fans, by the way. We celebrate most of his catalog. It was a hot summer night. Beaches burning. When I listen to your heart, I hear the overturning. See the shooting stars falling through your community. <laughs> you lay in your lips, lipstick shining. I just crash for a taste. On the left together in a silver line and not a light of the moon. It's like he recorded this somewhere else without a band presence. Take it back about you needing to see him in concert. This is one of the worst things I've ever heard. And of course, it doesn't help that he's backed by this completely flawless section of backup singers and orchestra. That just sort of underscores the madness here. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. He's breaking it down. And he's doing that Vince Neil thing of just singing every third word. Uh-huh. Oh, dancing right here. And when did they decide to make this like a conga number? Everybody La Bamba. 
Because he's just given up at this point. <laughs> he just passed out somewhere. He's just, he's just sitting on the side of the stage weeping. Where is he? Uh, he's gone. He's in, his, he's in his limousine headed back to the hotel. Oh, yeah, no. And That's when, the crowd. Of course. <laughs> when in doubt, have people who have paid to see you perform do the work. That's wonderful. I but, think he's coming back. I really feel like he's going to come back. He wouldn't busy, do that to us. Busy grazing through the buffet. This is so bad. Really, where is he? Oh, Whoa. God. He's talking to the bartender. <laughs> I heard him play a stop. Here he comes. Hey, no, he's still not back. That's awful. That's unfortunate. I mean, I saw him. I saw him. I, I, I saw him ten years ago, and he was bad then. I mean, it was still. It it's was like still, being Bob Dylan now. It's, oh like, it's not God. even worth it. It was a good show and all, but boy, you could tell that that just you know some hard some hard living. There was a, there was a window of time when his voice was a was a fantastic instrument. That time has passed. Let me just then because we had actually a request for this. Let me just do a little bit of. Uh, Skip ahead of the. Uh... This is that Van Halen thing where the keyboard is all out of tune. We're done. I can't take any more of that. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Um, okay. So I think we might as well try to do this. Hold on a second. Let me... Uh, and we'll do. Are you looking for more bad singing on the Meatloaf CD? Be honest. Always say twice as long to pronounce every syllable. This is like the world's worst karaoke by someone who has never heard the song and is reading it off a cue card. But it, okay, hold on, hold on, go back it up. I'm gonna give you, a, I'm gonna give you an image to put in your head that's gonna make this twice as funny. Okay, here's what this is like. He is singing, and I love Meatloaf. I have to say that. This is being sung as though it was somebody who didn't know the song, and the teleprompter was only giving them... The, the teleprompter is only giving them two words at a time. So the teleprompter is... Okay, 
scrolling slowly. gentlemen it's that time once again it's time for another exciting installment of it's the worst story you've ever heard now for a lot we've had a, 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 a running theme here of this uh, we've had this uh, this story basically that can't be beaten this has been a good run you know I, why am i stammering it's because i'm short on caffeine i should have had caffeine um all right i'm going to finish this cup of coffee hold on we're going to let this uh All right. It's time for uh, the second worst story in the history of the world. Now, we have had this running theme of the story from Germany being unbeatable. And we've had the, the, all kinds of the contenders, all kinds of stories that were taking a run of the title, but none of them have been successful. So we may have one. This was sent to me by several people today, which is how I know it's good. What I'm going to do is very simple. I'm going to read you two stories. Uh, when I'm done with the second story, you call 503-733-297. You tell us which story you found to be the most horrifying, the most awful, the most cringe-inducing. 503-733-2970. Here is story number one from the sun. A Berlin man who lived in his own zoo of lizards and insects was fatally bitten by a black widow spider, then eaten by the other creatures. Police broke into Mark Vogel's apartment to find spider Bettina, along with 200 others, several snakes, a gecko lizard named Helmet, and several thousand termites had gorged on his body. Uh. Neighbors alerted police after becoming alarmed by the stink, and officers were met by a nightmare scene. A police spokesman said it was like a horror movie. His corpse was over the sofa. Giant webs draped over him. Spiders all over him, coming out of his nose and mouth. Larger pieces of flesh have been torn off by the lizards, scooped up and taken back to the webs of tarantulas and other bird-eating spiders. Loner Vogel, age 30, had never invited people back to his jungle home, a small apartment in the German city of Dortmund. Police described it as a cross between a botanical garden and the butterfly breeding ground in the silence of the lambs. One tarantula had built a nest the size of a swallow's in the corner of a ceiling. He also had boa constrictors and several poisonous frogs from South America. All right. That is story number one. Story number two. This is from TampaBay.com. An industrial accident inside a lumber yard claimed the life of an unlucky man last week, according to Hillsborough County Fire... And this is Hillsborough, Florida, by the way. Hillsborough County Fire Rescue Officials. Raleigh Wilson died last week after he was struck by a board at a manufacturing company, according to Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. The board struck him just underneath the chin, rendering him unconscious. He was then forced into a folding machine that, quote... Folded his body backward and into several sections. He died at the scene. Reached by phone this morning, officials at the company declined to comment. Yakely said officials with, with the Occupational Safety Health Administration are investigating. This is, quote, the second folding machine accident in as many years. 
All right, there you go. I think it's the phrase folding folded, machine. Folded his body backward and into several sections. I don't want to be folded backward ever by anything. All right, there you go. That's the second story. We will now uh, take your votes at 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. To recap, story number one. Pet spider kills its owner, said owner then devoured by the other creatures living in his home garden. Second story, man struck in the jaw with a board and then folded backward and into several sections by an industrial folding machine. Right. Uh, 503-733-2970. Being, fold, being folded front ways is bad enough. It really is the additional addendum of being folded backward. That really. Is yes, but was he wrinkle-free at the end? He was perma-pressed. Um, it's 503-733. Richie, I'll just take these unscreened, actually. You don't need to screen these. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 for this, the hunt for the second worst story in the history of all humanity. Uh, hello. Oh, which, hi, which, number one. Hi, which story number one, sir? You find it to be the yeah, most horrifying. I don't even know why the other was a contender. It doesn't even go on there. <laughs> contender. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, you're on the... It's, it's only because many, many people send it to me. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Which story do you find to be the worst, number one or number two? Number two, definitely. Now, what is it that makes the industrial folding accident worse than being devoured by your own spiders? Um, the medical section, that's just... You're dead either way, but that's just seems horrifying. It's kind of Stephen King-like. Like if he, Mangler. If, if, good reference, sir. Mangler, if he had been folded frontwards instead of backwards, would you have found it less horrifying? I don't think it would have made a difference. <laughs> okay, thank you. Probably not to him either. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, which story do you find to be the most horrifying? I have to go with number one. All right, excellent. Thank you, my friend. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Which story do you find to be the worst? Why, Hello. Number one. All right, excellent. Thank you, my friend. All right. Uh, hello, Rick Emerson Radio Program. Which story do you find to be the worst? Uh, folded and back, backwards by a box machine. That's more comical than it is painful. Uh-huh. And since he was already unconscious to begin with, i got to go with being devoured by spiders, man. All the right. rotting flesh, the rotting flesh and the stench, that, that's going to win every time. Uh, excellent. Thank you. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Which story do you find to be the most horrifying? Yeah, you got to know when to fold. <laughs> his, his microphone. Okay, his microphone is off, but Tim laughed at that too. By the way, it's not just me. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello, how can I? Uh, hold on a minute. No, see that doesn't work. Hold and fold them. No, that doesn't work. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. What's up? Not much, man. I think the first one is way worse. Spiders coming out of the nose and mouth. Yeah. No contest. No, it's sort of bad in a creep show kind of way. All right, thank you, Mr. Pratt. Bugs got your tongue. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Which story do you find to be the worst? Number one, absolutely. Number one. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We are hunting for the second worst story ever. Which story do you find to be the worst? Big buildup, no caller. Hi. Hello? Yeah, okay. Hi, Rick Emerson Radio Program. Which story do you find to be the worst? Number two. Number one's already dead. All right. Thank you. Uh, we'll do another bank here, and then we'll uh, we'll call it. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Which story do you find to be the worst? Number two. All right, excellent. Any particular reason for that, sir? Well, I was just going to repeat the same joke the guy already did, but he stole my thunder. But it's, it's just the fact that it was the second one, I mean, and then they used the machine again to make stuff with, and now it happened again. Yes. Ugh, All creepy. right, thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Which story do you find to be the worst? I think being devoured by meatloaf. <laughs> Excellent, thank you. 
I are on the Rick Emerson show. Which 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 story do you find to be the worst? Oh, by far number one. All right, excellent. Thank you. Get a better visual from that. All right, wonderful. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Two more calls. Which do you find to be the worst? I just need to know when I can come get my phone from Sarah's house. <laughs> excellent. Funny That's guy. Fantastic. That is funny. All right, final call. Which uh, which story do you find to be the worst? It's got to be number two. Why do you find number two to be worse, sir? Well, because number one is stupidity. He let the stupid spider get away and it bit his ass. The second one, my gosh, dude is all crumpled up in the machine. You know, why don't somebody just put a bow on him and send him somewhere for Christmas? That's just nasty. <laughs> kind of a flat Stanley sort of a thing. Struck by a board and forced into another machine that folded his body backward and into sections. Yeah, that's no good. All right. Reeks of need in a bow. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thanks. Bye now. All right. Well, sadly for enthusiasts of story number two, it is story number one that continues to be the winner. Story number one, Pet Spider Kills Its Owner, continues to be the unimpeachable uh, champion of this particular contest. All right, we'll take a break here. When we come back, Tim, are you preparing more news for us? Oh, yes. We've still got a uh, corpse watch to get to, uh, as well as a penis watch and a Britney watch. Later on, Jim Roop and Mistress of Reality will be performing here in studio. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Show. the scarf. Right. It does smell good. You said so yourself. Yeah, everybody missed that during the break. Sarah was sort of compulsively smelling the scarf. I just smelled the scarf. I'm like, oh, the scarf smells good. That the band guy scarf. left her. And, and finally, Rick, do you want to smell the scarf from the Dropkick Murphys guy? I said, fine, sure. It does smell good. He smells... I can't believe you're mad at me for what you're mad at me your message in... I'm sorry? I can't believe you're mad at me for what you're mad at me about. You can't. I know I can't say it, but I can't really say that. You can't say that. I know. Because now everybody wonders. And first of all, I'm not mad at you. I just don't understand. You're not a girl. You can't understand. I don't know what it feels like for a girl. <laughs> uh, this is so awkward. I'm just saying. I know. You have to tell me. I don't know what I can say and what I can't. I don't know either. No, let's just let's just leave it at nothing. I can just move. That's a lot easier. I... Let's just move on. Fine. Well, I'm just good move... show. Uh huh. Somebody said, uh, "Hey, are the Dropkick Murphys going to have a new release in nine months?" And by <laughs> release, I mean baby. <laughs> no. Okay. See, I'm all right. You, I, I don't know. I this is this is an awkward moment on the program because uh, first of all, I'm not mad at you. I just don't. I guess I'm saying. You don't understand if the opportunity was there, how come I did not? Well. We're just speaking in generalities. Generalities. Uh, I guess I'm saying, let's say that another girl named Tara. Uh, uh, now, can I can I say uh, the, 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 what did happen? Mm, um, uh. This is live radio here. <laughs> Wait. No, let's, let's just move on. I'm just... It is an interesting story. It's true, but I'm really starting... Way to tease the audience. Way to yeah. tantalize the audience and then not pay off. Now, you realize, of course, by not clarifying, everybody is assuming... Uh, assume. Everybody is assuming way more happened than did. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying if you don't clarify, they're going to assume all, way, way more happened. than is true. Nothing happened. Uh-huh. All right. Now, is that the official version we're going with, that nothing happened? Is that the is that the official statement from Sarah Dillon on the band thing last night? The band who was at your house this morning when you woke up? 
Yeah, that was including the merch guy. That's hot. The Mm. merch guy is laying in the middle of my floor. I'm like, who are you? Sexy. Everybody loves the merch guy. (laughs) Hey, forget the singer. Can I get the guy who sells buttons for five (laughs) dollars? And you know what? The merch guy looked like a merch guy. Really? Of course he did. Um, So is the official statement from this point uh, that nothing happened with anybody in the band last night? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Where's my rim shot? Hold on. Here's Tim Riley, ladies and well, nothing happened with the band that stayed at Sarah's house last night. Fantastic. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. You can't say the band either. It sounds like some. It sounds like multiple guys from the band stayed at your house. If I put it that way, I'm sorry. They stayed in my living room. Uh huh. Oh, you're a bastard. I didn't say anything. An orchestra seek lodgings. <laughs> Well, I mean, in your defense, uh, I will say that it is... They didn't refuse to leave when asked to do so. <laughs> in, in, in your defense, they did, yeah, they, they did They did leave without force. Um, I will say in your defense that in a certain, uh, how do I put this, in a certain, in a certain um, strata of the rock scene, I know that it is, it's a pretty common thing for bands to crash at a fan's house. I mean, mm-hmm. it, 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 you know, all snarking aside. Uh, well, I wasn't even a fan of theirs. I'd actually just... Um, I just saw that he was holding the guitar. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. No, Kiki, uh, Kiki my, one of my good girlfriends, uh, is friends with the guitarist in that band. And so we ended up meeting up with him because she's fr- good friends with his wife, blah, blah, blah. Why didn't they stay at Kiki's house? Because Kiki's boyfriend's at Kiki's house. I thought Kiki and her boyfriend broke up. Mm-mm. Oh, all right. Um, no, in fact, it, 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 we'll get to the news in just one second, but I do have to say, uh, for example, I have a friend of mine, and I've talked about this guy a lot. He used to be a roommate of mine. I was a huge ska fan. And for whatever reason... Uh, Salt Lake had a big ska community, and it is like one of the highlights of his life. At the drop of a hat, he will tell you the story about how early on in their career, no doubt, including Gwen Stefani, stayed at his house. And wow. he'll tell you, he'll, he'll, you know, and they were nobody, that's nobody knew who they even were. Um, but they were touring, you know, they were opening for some other band, and it was like three bands, and, and they needed a place to crash. And he's like, a bunch of the guys, you know, from the different bands, including Gwen Stefani, all crashed in his living room. Uh, which is a pretty great story to tell. So that is kind of a known thing in certain music circles that, like, especially now because of MySpace and so forth, you just put it like, hey, we don't want to have to spend money on a hotel. Who wants to let us no. sleep on their floor? Well, they needed a place to stay, and they were staying, um, they're. Tour bus was near the Wonder Ballroom, and then we all ended up back over at the Hawthorne, uh, like right on Hawthorne, and I live right near there. Yes. Yes. And I think my neighbors hate me. Mm-hmm. I feel really bad. I'm sure everybody was quiet and respectful. Here's Tim Riley. <laughs> Did Tim smell the guy's scarf? Tim, you want to smell the scarf? Oh, yes. Okay. My day wouldn't be complete without it. <laughs> oh, okay. It smells sorry. like lies. <laughs> Smells like infidelity. That's I was gonna say. That's a scarf that smells like broken promises. <laughs> you are a terrible person. I am not. Okay, here's Tim Riley. It smells like lavender and half truths. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, two Salem motorcyclists have been arrested for driving 130 mi- miles per hour uh, in a 55 mile an hour zone. Uh, these two guys could face fines of $1,103. The troopers have issued 537 citations for drivers going under 100 miles per hour or faster in 2006. They're hoping to break that record by the end of this year. So more about this uh, representative, uh, Richard Curtis. As uh, police investigate a possible extortion attempt against this Washington State Republican lawmaker, according to a search warrant, Curtis met a suspect at an erotic boutique in the Spokane Valley. And they went to the Davenport Motel for a sexual encounter. Really? 
This is man-on-man encounters. The suspect left at some point. You sounded like you were doing the introduction to a chat line there. Hello, you have reached man-on-man encounters. Please press 1 for... So the suspect left with Curtis's wallet, then called him and demanded $1,000 to get it back. Mully said he only had $200 and would leave the money at the hotel desks. Uh, The Spokane Police Department spokesman said Curtis and the other man were spotted at several locations across the city that evening. They were really painting the town red. The next day, someone bound a police report alleging that Curtis was being blackmailed. You mean painting the town pink? Yes. <laughs> he tells the Colombian, quote, I committed no crime. I did not solicit sex. I was trying to help somebody else. I'm not gay. I am not gay. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have sex with a guy. <laughs> the next morning, Curtis left $200 in an envelope at the hotel front desk. That sounds exactly That's like somebody. We're going to interview Eric Weidenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But... He's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me. I am not gay. He's blind. (laughs) Okay. Fantastic. Meanwhile, Dennis Kucinich is questioning President Bush's mental health. I seriously believe we have to start asking questions about his mental health. That's a good question, Mr. Kucinich. Uh, Kucinich, known for his liberal views, trails far behind the leading candidates. He was in Philadelphia for debate. Uh, Bush made remarks about starting World War III earlier this month. He said, I've told people that if you're interested in avoiding World War III, it seems to me you might be interested in preventing them, Iran, from having the knowledge necessary to make a nuclear weapon. After all, we don't want to see mushroom clouds in this country now, do we? Ozzy Osbourne's getting rid of his four-wheeler, on which he suffered the near-fatal accident nearly four years ago. This is a 350cc banshee. It's... uh being included in the heavy metal icon's upcoming family auction. It uh, still has signs from the crash, including a dent in the front bar. Wait, I'm sorry. Please read this again. Slower? <laughs> Please read it like meatloaf. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne's four-wheeler, in which he suffered his near-fatal accident nearly four years ago. I don't remember anything about Ozzy Osbourne suffering a near-fatal accident. Yeah, he almost got killed. We were here. Uh, the 350cc Banshee will be induced in the heavy metal icon's upcoming family auction. It shows signs of the crash, including a dent in the front bar and a split in the rear guard. That's kind of a weird rock and roll thing to buy. That'd be like, that's like, uh... It's worth $300,000. Well, don't you ever wonder about stuff like that? Like, I wonder about that plane that, 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 that Buddy Holly and all those guys crashed in. Like, where... Is that somewhere, like in the Ark of the Covenant warehouse? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, that is, you know, because didn't they bring Bonnie and Clyde's death car on tour forever and ever? I think my mom told me about seeing that when she was growing up for like a quarter. Mm-hmm. You could go behind a curtain and you could see the machine gun riddled, uh, you know, car that Bonnie and Clyde had been had been ambushed in. So I wonder, now, now see, and I don't mean to sound more, but I think I speak for a lot of people when I say I wonder about that kind of stuff. Like the plane that the Big Bopper and Richie Valens and all those guys, that I, I wonder where that plane is. Because you know that somebody at the scene, like we had that listener call up one time who said that um, a friend of his was a cop in Wisconsin when they caught John Wayne Gacy. And, the, and, the, and the, 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 you know, the, the, the friend like pocketed a bunch of his business cards and the listener has one, which I'm incredibly jealous of. He has because John Wayne Gacy was a, was a contractor. He was a roofer. And, roofer, and, he, and so he has one of John Wayne Gacy's business cards. Well, if you're one of the cops that got called out to the big boppers plane crash or whatever... Uh, you know, you find a piece of that on the ground, that's going to go in your bag. That's good. You're going to take that home with you. And, I mean, they can't. They couldn't have just uh, junked the plane into some sort of a scrapyard somewhere. I mean, even then, in the early days of the rock and roll uh, scene, they must have known that that would be worth something. 
I'm looking here. That reminds me, well, because it's like I told that story last week, how I got that piece of chewing gum that Ozzy had uh, had spat out when he was here, which I know sounds r- weird and strange to did people. Did you take that home? Or I did. No, it's off? no, it's sealed in a piece of plastic now. It's sealed in a Mylar bag. With pink's hair. Yeah, with <laughs> your fingernail clippings. Um, so, uh, you know, but I mean, there's... I mean, rock, I think, way more so than any other form of art. I mean, people are into collecting weird things. I don't want to... We probably don't have time to do a whole thing about it, but I mean, we could... If this were High Concept Thursday, we could undoubtedly say, like, what is the strangest piece of rock memorabilia? And you know that there's some guy out there that has, like, you know, whatever. He has, like, a salt shaker once used by Pete Townsend or something. So, I mean, it is it is a kind of a, a thing that is sort of a, a particular to the rock world, I think. Oh, wait, we've got an answer. Hello, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, I know where Bobby and Clyde's death car is. Is this the setup to a joke, or do you actually know? No, I do actually know. It's okay. at uh, Whiskey Pete's Casino in State Line, Nevada. Have you right seen on it? on the border. Yeah, I've actually seen it about uh, seven years ago. Uh, I was there with my uh, with my dad. Is it all blown all to hell? No, they actually, um, yeah, there's, it's just riddled with bullet holes. And it's just sitting right in the entrance of the casino so that Fantastic. everybody could just walk by. And all it has is like the, you know, the, the, the velvet, uh, uh, blockade to keep you away from yeah. it, and uh, you can admire it, it in its glory. Okay, cool. Thank All you, right. sir. Thanks. You got uh, it. See, now it's a whole thing. Now I want to know what happened to Buddy Holly's plane, you know, the the, the wreckage. All right, well, whatever. Uh, Rick, this email says, about bands crashing at your house. I was once dating a chick in Denver. The weekend before I met her, the band Cake stayed with her and her girlfriend at the house. Every time this story came up, there was this odd, palpable, hint, hint, nudge, nudge feeling in the room. Her girlfriend would look over at her, and they would snicker at each other knowingly. I later found out what happened this weekend, and let's just say that snickering knowingly about a band staying at your house can really only mean one thing. I mean, come on. All right. I did not do anything. That's what I'm saying. And you're making it sound like all gross and crude. You know what? I'm not making it sound like anything. Someone is projecting. This is a little audio Rorschach, Sarah. I am simply saying that the band crashed to your house. Not the band. Just a couple of them. And the merch guy. (laughs) The merch guy (laughs) named Chip. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. I'm just reciting the the dry litany of facts. I do remember I got mad at the merch guy, though, because he said I had a really dirty bathroom. And then I gave him um, a bunch of paper towels and some cleaning stuff. I'm like, go clean it. <laughs> <laughs> go clean it, rock boy. Um, I wouldn't clean my bathroom. Yeah, no, I'm not saying anything. I'm simply presenting the facts, and you are viewing them. You are inferring is something that I am not implying. That's okay. All, well, people can think say. what they will. You'll never know. Okay. Here's Tim Riley. Well, I'm still looking for the uh, Big Bopper's plane wreck. Well, that's I, it, it, now it's become an obsession. I have to know where it is. All right. I'm going to be up all night till I find it. Well, let's do one more, and then we'll do the top five. And then uh, next hour, Jim Roop, Mistress of Reality, more news, et cetera. Why, that sounds wonderful. How yes, about a Britney watch? Here's a Britney watch for uh, Tuesday. Is it only Tuesday? Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. <laughs> Los Angeles. Kinky photos of a half-naked Britney perched on a priest's lap and leaning seductively against a church confessional <laughs> has sparked outrage among Catholic leaders. Somebody's trying too hard. Mm-hmm. She's not even Catholic. 
at least one of these saucy snapshots, which grace the singer's thumping new album, Blackout, are a, they're a bottom-of-the-barrel stunt from a girl who could really use some quality time spent repenting for sins in a wooden cubicle. It's a puzzle coming together. The girl is crashing, says Bill Donahue, the president of New York-based Catholic League. And you know he said it like this while turning really red and splitting in front of the camera. So she's not even allowed to bring up her own kids because she's not responsible enough. Yeah, now you know. Can she can't even entertain. I just don't even. It's not that I don't care about the Britney story. I do as she spirals ever closer to her inevitable demise. But this is just like such a faded book from the Madonna playbook. Mm. You know, the, the, a page rather. This is just like a bad Xerox of something Madonna would have done years ago. Posing like, what is she sitting on a priest's lap near a confessional? Yeah. I mean, that's like an outtake from a Madonna thing from, you know, 1989. So, I mean, it was almost it was 17 years ago Madonna was doing that. So, yeah, Britney is, uh, and that album comes out today, and, yes. I mean, it'll probably be number one just because the record companies still have enough money and influence to probably make that the case. But you know that no one we know is buying it. No one we know, although, um, I know that you heard part of it on, what, in the iTunes thing or online or something? On MTV. On the, the week. M- and uh, was it that we did it all? Because that single is actually pretty good. Yeah, they, they had a lot of the singles on there. I mean, it doesn't, you know, if it, if it her, Britney's role in that album is just so irrelevant. Uh, she just sort of happens to be the person who stopped by the studio whose vocals they put on top. I mean, before the show, I was saying that, I mean, well, it's I, corporate pop. Well, and I know that this makes me sound ridiculous, but you know what's actually not half bad for what it is, is that Paris Hilton record. And it's not like, I mean, Paris had nothing to do with it. I mean, it's probably not even Paris Hilton singing on it. But, I mean, in terms of dance pop, and the Paris Hilton record is actually, you know, it's not great. It's not bad. It's just sort of there. Um, and so the Britney thing will undoubtedly be the same way. All right, well, there you go. Britney Spears still alive as of now. There's your Britney watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Richie Bristol, could you come to the uh, control room for just a moment? Richie Bristol, I don't have a sounder for Richie Bristol. I don't have a wacky sound effect. Uh, I think Sarah's car needs to be uh, needs to be moved out back or something. Hey, uh, hey, Richie, not to speak to you like you're that guy, but could you possibly move Sarah's car for her? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. So much. Richie. I, I'm sorry. If we could summon Scotty from his really important job at the warehouse, we would uh, we'd have him come back and do it. All right, thank you. All right, uh, let's see. Question for Sarah. Hey, could you ask Sarah what the definition of, quote, a good girl is? <laughs> is Mother Teresa a good girl? How about Courtney Love? Is she a good girl? What kind of good girl is Sarah? I'm really confused. I think it's because your claim that you were a good girl last night. No, I didn't. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm a single lady. I'm allowed to hang out with people. I suppose do my own thing. None of that. Look, there's I no. I mean, look, I'm in my 20s. I'm not. I'm not married. I don't have any kids. If I happen to meet some gentlemen person, callers, <laughs> and people, are, yeah. <laughs> people are people. People are people. People are people. I can't even talk today. I'm gonna stop talking now. So you don't wish to make any... Okay, thanks. No further clarification. There's nothing to clarify. Nothing happened. Oh, I understand. Believe me, I understand. It's okay. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad you think it's okay. <laughs> I have made no... You're old and married. I've passed... You don't know what it's like. I've passed no judgment. 
I've, I've lost touch with the young people in their dating scene. Why are you looking at me? I'm not looking at anything. I'm just getting ready to do this top five over here. It's all exciting and whatnot. What a strange, is today a strange today program? strange. Tim, do you feel like today's program is sort of strange? Yes, in a good sort of way. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, time for today's top five. Here is Tim Riley. It is? Yes. Oh, right here. Well, oh, here we go. Okay. And as the election season draws ever more near, we ponder the role of music and marketing in promoting a political hopeful. These, ladies and gentlemen, are the top five political campaign songs of all time. But honorable mention going to Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA. Now, this is honorable mention because I think this only uh, lasted as Reagan's campaign theme for like a day before Springsteen threatened to sue him into oblivion. Yeah. I think, because I think it was, now this would have been, what, 84? Probably. And, and first of all, just an incredibly misunderstood song, as we always point out, because it's a, you know it's a protest song about how kind of a Dylan-esque sort of thing about how a veteran was abandoned by America and how you know how America just put the screws to him when he came back and how he ends up homeless and destitute and whatever. And of course, Ronald Reagan just being completely oblivious to everything, to all, oblivious to reality in all of its forms. One of Reagan's handlers at some point just slipped him a three by five card. And said, hey, you ought to mention Bruce Springsteen. The kids love him. And both Walter Mondale and Ronald Reagan were name-checking this song and Bruce Springsteen during their campaigns. And I think Springsteen heard about that. And Springsteen just put out some statement like, you know, knock it off or I'll sick, my, I'll sick John Landau and my lawyers on you. So, uh, Which, by the way, I, I'm pretty sure the same thing happened later on with Pink Houses. I may be wrong about this. But I think that Reagan later tried to use Pink Houses by John Mellencamp. Reagan was constantly stepping in it with these guys. He tried to use Pink Houses, and I think Mellencamp did sue him. I think Mellencamp actually fired, filed some sort of a lawsuit to, to get Reagan to quit using his music. So politicians just have no grasp of irony. None. Zero. All right. So that's why it's, uh, that's why it's honorable mention. And at number five is Billy Joel with Captain Jack. This was Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton used this. It's a terrible song. I love this song. <laughs> really? He's a boring oh, yeah. singer. I mean, I guess it's okay. It's just sort of maudlin for my taste. It sounds a little... Sounds a little a little emo. Well, he just says everything way too exaggeratedly. You're right, this is a bad song. It's not, I mean, there are worse songs. It's a little melodramatic. It's, I it's love kind of overdone. This could be a meatloaf song. That's what I was thinking. And I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not trying to say that in a, in, a, in a mean sort of way. I mean, really? Uh-huh. You, could, uh, you could kind of see this being a meatloaf song. I could see it. You know, Captain Jack is a heroin dealer. That's who kept the Billy Joel wrote this around about a real life heroin dealer in his neighborhood named Captain Jack. It's not as bad as I remember it actually. All right, counting down the top five campaign songs of all time. Number four, the used to and beautiful day. So this is so Captain Jack was the song that Hillary Clinton used to introduce her candidacy, right? And then this is the song that they now use to promote her candidacy. Which is perfect because it appeals to boring, bland Abercrombie and pitch white people everywhere. Shoots up to the stony ground. There's no room 
I wonder how Bono feels about this. Bono's one of those guys that seems really politically active, but I... Like, you wonder if he really votes. Wait, he's not even a citizen of this country, is he? No. I guess not. I guess he's still in Ireland. Ireland yeah. And who knows what kind of weird yeah, political system. Yeah, gods in Ireland. Well, you know, they so just bizarre. named... Did you see that story today? That the tallest tower in Ireland... It's like whatever their equivalent to, like, the Chrysler building or whatever it is. They just named, like, U2 Tower. Like, the single tallest structure in Ireland today was just named after U2. Oh, yeah, everyone loves U2. When I was there, like... Did you go to Windmill Studio? Everywhere. No, I went to Bono's nightclub, though. It's called The Fridge. Really? Yeah, it was, like... It, it was a really weird little club. I think... One of them might have been there, but it was dark and late. Did they crash at your house afterwards? <laughs> and Sorry. <their> cell phone. <laughs> yeah, this is sort of dull. Here's the, the problem with this as a campaign song is it just sounds like it was selected by a focus group. It really sounds like Hillary just paid a bunch of people to sit there and analyze what would be a good song for her, and this is what they came up with. Sounds like it ought to be playing in an old Navy somewhere. All right, here's Tim Riley. We have number three with Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Teacher Children. This was Mondale and Ferraro's campaign theme song. I remember they they had they showed uh, this was in the background of all their campaign commercials on television. What a great song this is! Is this Crosby, Stills, and Nash or Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young? And Young. And Young. And, and Young. Yeah. I saw them do this, I mean, not recently, but I mean, way after this came out. I saw them do it from like 90, 92, something like that. Still great. Harmonies were still fantastic. Even David Crosby, who kind of trashed his voice. Mondale and Ferraro, though, had this great uh, campaign ad that ran where it... it, it I kind of get chills thinking about it, where they had this, uh, you know, the chorister said to look at them and sigh, and it showed um, it showed the door to a nuclear silo blowing open and, like, the missile coming out. Because the whole thing was about Reagan was that Reagan was going to get us all incinerated, which did seem like a logical fear at the time. No, Bush is going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yes. Got amazing harmonies. For the first time in nine... I don't know where that came from. The answer to that is always Tim's computer, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Your computer has a sort of electronic Tourette's. <laughs> Just sort of spits audio out for no real... <laughs> for no real reason, it starts to... You know, it has to be... <laughs> this is what it's doing right now. <laughs> and now it's Max Headroom. Matt Frewer has taken over your computer. Counting on the top five... Uh, political campaign songs of all time. And number two, Brooks and Dunn, Only in America. This is, of course, George W. Bush's campaign song. Or was, I think, in 2004. Which is, you know, it's a pretty terrible song. I mean, I guess it works in a sort of pop sense. I'm kind of a Brooks and Dunn fan. This song is a little... I don't know. It's a little saccharine-esque for my taste, but I it, but, red, white, and blue cola. But I was just gonna I was just gonna say though. But for the Bush uh, candidacy, this song is perfect because you know who loves this song is Scotty. And I mean, you know, you you gotta hand it to to Carl Rove and the people around George W. Bush. They do know how to package that guy, or did at the time. Yeah. Fortune. Fortune. One kid helps pay the rent. 
Yeah, I don't think I can listen to this anymore. Count it on the top five political campaign songs of all time. And long last, number one with Fleetwood Mac and Don't Stop. Now, I love Fleetwood Mac. I don't think... I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is a generational thing. I don't know. But... Boy, I get such a weird mix of emotions here in this. Look, I got to tell you, here's the thing. I, I am fully aware of uh, the Clinton presidency's failings, and I am fully aware of Bill Clinton's foibles and flaws as a human being, and I know that there were all kinds of problems with that administration. But I got to tell you, I remember where were you in um where were you in 92 when when they announced that Clinton was the winner, Tim? Do you remember where you were when this when 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 they said Ed, you know when they knew when you knew he'd won? I think I was at home. I was at work. I was at a station in Washington State, and we were all huddled in the newsroom watching the uh, the election returns come in. And they went over to the governor's ball because I think he was, or whatever it was, you know, the governor's mansion, wherever it was that Clinton and his team were all at. And it was Clinton and Hillary and James Carville and Paul Begala and George Stephanopoulos and all those guys. And Clinton came out, and it was just, it was such a weird, it, it's hard to put into words. I think if you maybe weren't of a certain age or you weren't watching it at the time, maybe maybe it can't really be explained. I think it must have been a little bit like it was when Kennedy won, because, you know, he, he'd beaten Bush 41, who was just so old and just seemed so out of touch. And, you know, Bush, you know, the, the elder Bush just seemed so far removed from our reality. And Bill Clinton really was the first president, at least in my lifetime, that felt like one of us. It really did feel, and I know this sounds hopelessly naive now, but it really did feel like we had kind of started a new chapter in American history. It really did feel like we were sort of on the comeback as a country. And I, I don't say that as, that's not a partisan thing. It's simply, it's simply a feeling that Bill Clinton gave people. Whether you're a Democrat or not, it is just the way Bill Clinton made people feel. He did feel youthful. He felt really vibrant. He made you feel good. Um... And I remember they played this song when he said, you know, thank you and God bless America or whatever. And then they went right into this right there because this had been his song all the way through the campaign. It was a really amazing moment simply in terms of theater, of presentation, of vibe. It was a beautiful moment. It really was. Yeah, the perfect song for that guy, too. All right. Back after this, Jim Rube coming up, Mistress of Reality. More from Tim Riley and so forth. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. This is for you, Sarah. Just three. For me? Yeah, this is my computer up over there. Oh, this now is, it is. Uh, a little something. Man, what's the matter? I don't know. Maybe it's wife, kids, family life. I mean, are you are you satisfied, Glenn? Don't you ever feel suffocated? Like, like there's something big pressing down. Yeah, I do know that feeling. And I told Dot to lose some weight, but she don't want to listen. <laughs> no, man, I know what you mean. I mean, you got all these responsibilities now. You're married, you got a kid. I mean, it looks like your whole life is set down. And where's the excitement? Yeah, Glenn, I guess that's it. Okay, that's a disease, but you got a cure. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Dr. Glenn is here to tell you that you can heal thyself. What do I got to do? Well, you just got to broaden your mind a little bit. Like... Say if I was to ask you, what do you think about Dot? 
She's a fine woman you got there. Okay. Now, you might not know it to look at her. Oh, she's a Hellcat. That right. T-I-G-E-R. What's that got to do with uh, Now, don't rush me. The thing about Dot is, she told me this. She thinks, she thinks you're cute. And I could say the same thing about Ed. What are you talking about? Our merch guy loves you. What am I talking about? I'm talking about sex, boy. What the hell are you talking about? I'm talking about Lamar. I'm talking to me and daughter swingers. As in to swing. We have an arrangement. I'm talking about wife swapping. I'm talking about what they call nowadays open marriage. I'm talking about... Keep your goddamn hands off my wife. Keep your goddamn hands off my wife. You're crazy. I pity you. Mrs. Murphy and I have an understanding. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Hello. Uh, if you want to email, you can uh, do that as well. It's rick at rickemerson.com, sarah at 970.am, or tim at 970.am. This email says, about Sarah being a good girl. Rick, let's just say it. Sarah has the bad girl vibe that <laughs> band members and merch guys crave. I, there's nothing with a merch, no, no, no like, merch guy. See, but see, that's exactly the kind of statement that gets you into trouble. When the emailer know, says something about the band guy and the merch guy, and the old, you're, no, 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 no merch guy for me. Uh, and he says, by the way, you know, the more she dances around whatever happened, the worse the whole thing becomes in our minds. It totally sounds awful. It really does. And, I'm, and, and what actually happened is nothing. So, I mean, I'd rather have you guys all be creative with your minds than know oh, that. Mission accomplished. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rick, Sarah is a grown-up adult. Please quit nagging her. If she wants to be the preferred vacation destination for many East Coast punk bands, that's her business. Signed, give her my love, and you know what I mean. <laughs> all right. Thank you, sir. Uh, all right, it's 503-733-2970. We're supposed to have J Jim Roop here, uh, and then we're going to talk to uh, we're gonna Mr. Yeah, Reality. I just don't know where he is. Uh-oh. Well, this is throwing off my whole, uh, throwing off I my know, whole, we had a thing my whole thing. We're All right. Going. Well, you know what? I guess we're going to plunge boldly ahead. Hey, Richie Bristol, uh, we can bring, can we bring Mistress of Reality, uh, into the studio? I guess we we will do that. I just, uh, you know, in a group calls, we'll um, we'll play it as it lays, as they say in the golfing world. So if we can do that, that would be fantabulous, Mistress of Reality. And I forget exactly. I think it's mistressofreality.com, but it might be. You know, it might be .org. I, you should I probably look that up yeah. before, you know, they're... Well, I'll ask them. You know, they'll, they'll, they, they told me once and then I forgot about it. Uh, Mistress of Reality is going to be uh, tonight. They're the world's all, uh, only all-female tribute band to Black Sabbath. Uh, that is tonight at Mount Tabor Legacy. Where, and I'll be honest with you, I actually haven't been there since they remodeled it. Uh, I know that they kind of moved the bar around and they kind of, you know, they've given like a... a big... Yeah, there's a huge bar. It's on the opposite side of the room now. Yeah, so it's... Uh, anyway, so it's at Southeast 48th and Hawthorne. If ye have not been there, uh, ticket price is $10 in advance or $12 day of show. Mistress of Reality. Uh, also, Livewire, an ACDC tribute band and Ace of Spades, a Motorhead tribute band. Uh, that is tonight, 9 p.m., 21 and over uh, at the new Mount Tabor Legacy, 4811 Southeast Hawthorne and uh, tickets are uh, available at Ticket 
Tickets West, $12 day of show. At the show, enter to win a Mistress of Reality. All right, so it's mistressofreality.org. Okay, mistressofreality.org. At the show, enter to win a Mistress of Reality autographed guitar uh, from Guitar Center. All right, let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson radio program. Pick a microphone of your choice. Any uh, microphone. Any Mistress of Reality joining us now. Why, hello, and how are you? Good, how are you? All right. Pick a mic, any mic, I mean, there's many mics in here that there's... we can choose from, like Mike... <laughs> Mike uh, Salvage I, and Mike. I feel like uh, you're going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere. Going. Meaning, well, you said pick any Mike, and I'm saying, well, the dark-haired Mike, the blonde-haired Mike, the old red-haired Mike. I feel like I should be doing my part by listing various other Mikes, and I've got nothing. <laughs> All I'm coming up with is Michael Myers, and that's not really going to work out. So a whole lot of nothing. All right. So uh, so let's go around. Let's introduce uh, uh, everybody here, Mistress of Reality. So. I'm Izzy Osborne. We talked on the phone, what, Monday, Friday, Thursday? Yeah, but I didn't know day? that we were, like, talking. You thought it was just sort of like a like a figurative phone call? Yeah. Like it was sort of a like, practice I just, phone call? I, just, I thought it was, like, just a call that you were, like, you just wanted to, like, you know. Just to rap? Yeah. Just, just, to, to, shoot just the, to chat? Shoot the, yeah. Chew the fat, shoot the breeze? <laughs> The gas. Yeah. All right. Uh, Izzy Osborne, and the next to you is Jill Ward. Jill Ward. Fantastic. Um, Excellent. Uh, and then she's a butler on base. Fantastic. All right. And last but certainly not least, black-haired Nancy Iommi rocking on guitar. I really have to say this is one of the greatest things that's ever happened in the studio. Really. Wow. I mean, we're only ten seconds into it, and it's already going <laughs> to my personal hall of fame. So, all right. So. Uh, I, how is it that this came to be? Is this? I mean, now do you have like the prepared story about like, well, we were hanging out in a cemetery, and then the black hand of the Almighty came down, and a bolt of lightning and a golden goblet appeared in front of, or, or is it just like you were all in a bus stop at the same time? And how did this come to be? How did it, how did this band? Ah, uh, I basically uh, got the the concept from um, a friend of mine who has an all female cheap trick tribute. That is the best thing I've ever heard, except for you guys. What are they called? <laughs> Wait a minute. Cheap chick. Okay, I am all over that. Hold on. Cheap. No, I got to tell you this. I have a TiVo at home, uh, and not to take away from your own greatness, but I have to tell you this because I forgot to mention this the other day. Uh, my TiVo, one of my keywords is cheap trick. So, like anything that has cheap trick in the description, just it will record. And there was the greatest special. It was called Cheap Trick or Treat. And it was like a two-hour cheap trick Halloween thing. And then that was, of course, the night my cable went out for no reason. So, I have like on the screen is just a, pic a bunch of pixelated crap. And then the soundtrack is just like a surrender. You know, it's like a whole lot of nothing. So, so thanks for poking that open wound. Oh, uh, chick. All right. Okay. Anyways, she was she. I, I'm actually a voice teacher, and she was a student of mine. And and uh, I've had original projects. Um, we've all been involved with original projects. You know, from the time we were bean sprouts, pretty much. And uh, we just said, you know, I always thought, oh, tribute. Ah, anyway, she's like, hey, you should try it. She goes, if you. Could could do any tribute what would you do and i said the one the only the godfathers of heavy metal you know black sabbath and so um another friend of mine who is a student uh clay he turned me on to sheezer butler and then sheezer butler and i kind of just started knocking heads and taking names and then we found these other two beautiful ladies so that is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the website is uh, mistressofreality.org. How long you guys, when when was this that you guys came together? How long have you been doing it? What's it been? 2003. 2002. 
2002 is when yeah. when her when Sheezer and I kind of started uh you know well this is kind of a together, this so. is i mean i remember when i was growing up there would be these you know sort of tribute bands that, get, that came through town but they were, they were never really very good and i was always like i saw the worst i won't i won't i won't use their name but i saw the worst oh, we're so good no it's, <laughs> you, i'm saying we're in a kind of a golden so good. we're in a golden oh. era for this now where bands i think that that are tribute bands they know that they do you know bands now do it with a little bit of style and with flair and the musicianship is really good and it didn't used to be that way i mean no. you guys probably remember exactly. this i saw the zeppelin tribute band one time that will go unnamed and it was like it was like going and being kicked in the eye for two hours <laughs> it was just and i paid for it i mean you know you know how much well 13 dollars. well okay it can't be that bad and i paid, and it was that bad it was that bad and like the well, i just say this the jimmy page guy he was it was sort of like song remains the same era jimmy page so he had like the white kimono with the dragon on the side no shirt huge beer gut and he would and he would turn to the side at one point, and it's like he looked okay, straight on in profile, like he'd swallowed a bowling ball. And so there's like shirtless, greasy, sweaty, beer gut Jimmy Page. And then at one point, I swear to you, he's kind of doing like they're playing over the hills and far away, and he's doing like a little like a Ugh, kind of a headbang, the headbanging thing, and the wig on his head didn't come off, but it sort of went and like shifted about six inches to the left. And I just. I just wanted to go home and shoot myself. It was just a bad. Well, there's no wigs here, which is a good thing, you know. And I think the all-female aspect of this is truly something that's unique, and it's really taken kind of, I think, um, uh, these last couple years by storm. There's, there's, um, you know, there's always male tributes, you know, that were out. And we were actually back in 2002, 2003. A lot of the tribute bands, female tributes that that were starting to, uh, that were around at the time just for doing local stuff and I said you know what we're going to take this and we're going to hit the road and we would load up the van and actually had bought a van and we just worked the road and got in that van and would go out for two three months at a time and just go all over the United States we went from here up to New York around and back and and it was um, truly amazing to get out of California and just bring you know this you know music to people in other areas you know that that uh, really you know Montana from Montana to, you know, wherever we tend really, to People in Montana are the ones who need it, too, because they wake up every day and say, Christ, I'm still in Montana. Yeah, you, you know, know what I mean, though? Something people, to give them the really will to live. It's very, it was very, very cool. I know so. you guys are, are going to do a song here in a minute. Do you, now, is it Ozzy era only? Do you the, 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 the Dio era? Or? Do I look like Ronnie well, Dio? You're not, you're not three feet tall, so... Oh, well... The, you don't and have... if you call out Crazy Train, like I heard last night, I'm like, okay, we need to educate you. Yeah, we do 1969 to 1974, the best years of Black Sabbath. Fantastic. So, yeah. All right. Because there was Ozzy, there was Dio, and then there was like, I remember picking up a Sabbath album in like 90, Jesus, like 94, 95, I don't remember what it was called, and it was like... It was like, God bless him, Tony Iommi sort of kept the flame going during those dark years. Tony Iommi and like three blonde guys who were all about 22 years old. And I just remember like looking at it in the store and it took about three seconds and I went, uh, no. And I just kind of put it back on the shelf and walked away. So what uh, what are you going to do for us here? What are we going to do? We, You know, I don't think Black Sabbath has ever been, any tunes have ever been done acoustically. And so when we were asked to Breaking jam new something, grounds. yeah, I said, you know what? Why not? Let's try this out. 
So, and maybe this will heat up the heat up tonight. I guess we're giving away a beautiful guitar. Guitar Center is uh, guitar contributing Center. a nice uh, black SG, and um, that's very kind of them. I think we're doing a raffle, and we're going to sign it, and we're really excited about that. So maybe we'll inspire a few people to pick up a guitar that maybe never did, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's the Black Sabbath SG. <laughs> All right, so without further ado, I guess we'll just kind of throw it to you guys. So, ladies and gentlemen, Mistress of Reality. Children of the grave, yeah! 
Excellent. All right. Children of the grave, ladies and gentlemen. All right. It was really much better with my shirt off. Though. I got it. Hold on. Note to self. Must have shirt off. No, right. Pop Belly. No. That, was, that was fantastic. That really was. And I got to tell you, if you had told me half an hour ago that there would be a version of Children of the Grave acoustically that would really be fantastic, I would have gone, well, I don't know. That was really great. That was great. Well, so we've never attempted that before. No, that was wonderful. Great. It really was. It's, it's one of my favorite songs list. too. So one of the reasons why I really love that song is because this Ozfest that's been happening this uh, past Ozfest is um, that um, Ozzy's and um, Black Sabbath has been closing the show with Children of the Grave due to all the stuff that's right. you know going on. So I just uh, it's a pretty the the it's a pretty powerful song. Oh, so. it's a great song, and you know, it, and just to, to kind of state the obvious, I mean that those guys are such. A huge link. I mean, if you go back and you remove Black Sabbath, there's just nothing. I mean, there's a whole generation of bands that wouldn't even exist. Yes. I mean, everybody from the obvious, you know, to, to, you know, the, you know, the Metallicas of the world, whoever, who just, you know, the reason they picked up guitar is because they heard Children of the Grave, or they heard Paranoid, or they heard Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and like yeah. what? I remember just, and there were we're over to we have to run here in a second, but my, I remember in high school, my friend Justin called me one day and this is you know this is like in the, in the 80s when you know sabbath had already sort of been and kind of gone but of course every year a new generation you know uh, you know d- d- discovers them my friend justin called me and he's like dude you have to come over right now and i'm like what he's like, i just heard the greatest thing ever just get, get over to my house now and i'm like okay well whatever and i go over to his house and he had uh just the first black sabbath record the one which just had the old woman on the cover yeah the, yeah and, and he's just like and he goes my brother just gave this to me. I have to now learn every... He was a guitar player. He said, I must now learn every song they have ever done. You know, and he was... That was what he did for a whole summer. He basically locked himself in his room, and he... That was like... It was like a kung fu snatched the pebble from my hand thing. You know, it was like, I must now learn every song that has ever been recorded by Black Sabbath. So, fantastic job. Uh, the website is mistressofreality.org. Uh, tickets West has tickets, 12 bucks a uh, day a show. Uh, and, of course, you can enter to win an autographed uh, guitar from Guitar Center, autographed Mount by y'all. Tabor Legacy. Mount Tabor Legacy. We're going tonight. to bring the house down, tear it up, chew it up, spit it out, and have a great Halloween evening fantastic. tonight. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Ladies Thank and gentlemen, you. Mistress of Reality. Uh, Jim Roop will get uh, in just a second. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues Thanks, Rick. after this. Don't go anywhere. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. Hi, Jim Roop. Hello, sir. I'm sorry about the delay, my friend. Don't you ever, uh, I knew that would happen, don't you ever apologize. Love means never having to say I'm sorry. I enjoy listening. I enjoy it. It's wonderful. Well, thank you. I thought they were pretty good. I mean, you can't have a group of guys... Doing any doing the Bengals uh, tribute? Can you? No, no. But you no. know, so, well, there, there is that group Mandana though. Uh, but, I don't uh, call that man anything. No, it's uh, but uh, no. You could. You're right though. The the girls doing the Sabbath thing is much hotter than like guys deciding to be the chiffons. That doesn't really work. Yeah. I got to tell you, that girl who's the bass player is really cute. I mean, they're all you know. She had the uh, the glasses. I'm a big fan of hers. 
I'm sure she's a wonderful musician as well. It's too dark in here. I couldn't see them. Oh, that's because you weren't sitting right here, Sarah. I know. <laughs> and you didn't get to pose for the, auto- the, the awkward <laughs> photograph in the hallway. Uh, the Did s- you give a thumbs up? No, I gave like the devil horns, of course, because you're posing with the Sabbath. But it's like I'm wearing the least metal outfit ever. I'm basically... I, you I look, look kind of like a middle-aged man I, today. I, I just look like a really boring customer from The Gap today, um, you know. And so, and of course, they're all dressed like metal chicks, you know. And I'm, in, and they're all like, you know, like making the big metal face in the hallway. And I just, I look like a bad uh, sort of old Navy reject. But uh, you know, what can you do? I would call that art, sir. No, it's it's true. Um, so, well, I, I know that things must be coming around down there because they've got you covering something other than the fires for the first time in like ten days. It, they've got you talking about staffing infections as well. So the news continues to be bad, but at least it's a different kind of bad. Yes, which is wonderful. Yes. So, I mean, now, it, it, I, I guess, is staph infections, I don't really know what that is, but apparently it's something that's sweeping through California schools. Well, What's going on there? No, it's not sweeping through anything. It's, um, we live with staph every day. I mean, it's, it lives on, on our kitchen counters, on the Doorknobs uh, on our skin. Now we're all scratching ourselves. And, and most, and most of it, 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 it goes along just kind of adapting with environment. Yeah. Um, but the problem we have is, and what doctors are telling me is that we, we get infections, and then we're prescribed bacterial infections. We're prescribed antibiotics to a degree that is almost abusive. And what happens is bacteria over a period of time, and they believe this particular strain of drug-resistant staph was born in a nursing home because there there's all kinds of bacterial infections sure. urinary to skin and so they just bombard these old folks with with these antibiotics and then certain bacteria mutates into this resistant strain they become immune to these antibiotics and then it gets out of that nursing home into the general population they think that's what happened with this one it's... the ironic thing about all this is that the shelved antibiotics that they canned and put away a long time ago that weren't working are the ones that are working on this new one. Well, that's... So they're pulling, they're blowing the dust off these old antibiotics and shoving them down. i, I got to tell you, because I have a medical family where my, my wife, my mom, my sister are all nurses. And ever since I was old enough to whatever, uh, my, you know, my parents, my, my sister especially, just filled me full of the, you know, the, the, the preaching of don't take antibiotics. Right. Unless you absolutely have to. I mean, that was the lecture I heard in my home constantly, that unless you have to, don't take antibiotics because it'll make you... It, 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 because it will make your immune system eventually less resistant to take over from germs. Yeah, even even my son, whose whose immune system is compromised anyway, when we have to take him to the doctors and we get a prescription, we fill it, but we don't give it to him because we wait and see if right. Let's let's see if we can get him through this first. And if we need it, we have it. And so we have just stacks of this crap that we're not using. And, you know, the creepy thing about these stories uh, is when they start talking about they believe it started in a nursing home. Because it's, it's like I was reading, there was a fascinating article in, um, I think, the New York Times yesterday. And they were, uh, I don't know what the term is, but they were, they were doing the researching about uh, AIDS and HIV and determining when it first entered the human population, which they believe was in 1930, and then it first entered America, they now believe, of a a Haitian immigrant in New York City in 1969. Now, who knows if any of that's true? You know, the the, the science, they discover stuff all the time, and maybe that'll be contradicted by something later. But it is sort of fascinating and creepy that they can pinpoint the sort of moments when a disease enters a country or a population or whatever. It's just, you know, it does remind you that, 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 as somebody once said, I think while I was watching a nature special, 
that every creature you see, every animal you see, every every living thing you see on Earth is jostling for its place at the top of the food chain. You just don't really realize it. You know, uh, every, you know, we're at the top of the food chain now, but every bacteria, bug, you know, and, and creature you see is, 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 you know, fighting some war to try to get to the top of the, uh, of the pyramid. So it's all very creepy. I know. And, and the thing that uh, doctors are saying, too, is, you know, these antibacterial soaps? Yeah. They do more to promote bacteria than they do to kill it. So the best thing to do is regular soap and water. Yeah, that's right. Because that is the single most important thing you can do to control infection is wash your hands with soap and water. Just clean yourself, for God's sake. That's all you have to do. Just wash those stinking hands. All right. See? There you go. Life lessons from Jim Roop. Thank you. All right, brother. Enjoy the rest of your day. We will talk to you very soon. All right, sir. Thank you. Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen. From the Ministry of Truth, let's pay a final visit until 4 o'clock with Tim Riley. Now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. An elementary school teacher accused of stealing a student's coat and trying to sell it on eBay. Goes to trial today. Elizabeth Logan resigned from Jackson Elementary. She denies stealing the coat, saying she got it from Lost and Found. It all started when the student's mother searched the student's Lost and Found. Found the daughter's missing coat, then decided to turn it to eBay for a replacement, and she noticed the seller was from Hillsborough, selling an identical coat. Logan's salary was nearly 69000 a year. Wow, that's good for teachers, isn't it? $69,000 a year, and she taught for 20 years in two elementary schools. The Navy said a small, inert training bomb fell today from a fighter jet that was heading to Oceana Naval Air Station, but nobody was hurt. The bomb landed near an airport near the resort city of Virginia Beach. That, There's only minimal damage. That's the sort of news I would just as soon not know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's like that. Uh, uh, what were we? What were we just talking about? The oh yeah, the, the, yesterday we had that story about that guy who had picked out somebody he was going to kill and whose corpse he was going to then violate. Mm -hmm. I would as soon not know. Uh, just as soon not know if I was that guy's intended victim. I would just as soon not know if a bomb of whatever kind landed near my community and just didn't go off. Just. Don't minimal minimal damage. Don't tell me about that. Not bad at all. No. Time for a corpse watch Here's anyway. <laughs> make you feel <laughs> Here's your corpse watch for Tuesday. I'm digging up Watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson this Show. This comes to us from NorthJersey.com. A part-time lab technician at Holy Name Hospital has been caught having sex with the body of a 92-year-old woman in the in the hospital morgue. Well, Andy Marino, who's 24, the, the morgue, the merrier, was working a ship in the lab Sunday morning when he asked the security guard for access to the refrigerated area adjacent to the morgue. Where oh, that's creepy. Samples of stores. Hey, pardon refrigerated? me. Refrigerated? Can you? Uh, let me into this refrigerated area over here. Mm -hmm. Why? No reason. There are vending machines down there. <laughs> yeah, I need some chips. Mm -hmm. the, the guard complied and then wandered away for several minutes. When he came back, he observed Mr. Marino violating the uh, deceased's victim on the gurney. He immediately uh, notified Teaneck police. He'd, she was being defiled on the gurney. That's the worst place to be defiled. Marino was arrested at the hospital later Sunday morning. He was charged with sexual penetration upon deceased human remains, a second-degree crime that carries a maximum penalty of 10 years. I love you more than words can say. This heinous crime was a tragedy, said uh, Jane Ellis, a holy name spokeswoman. How would you like to have that job today? That's the single worst day to have that job, when you have to talk about it. Jesus. And, and uh, we had an incident here this morning. 
<laughs> we are horrified and saddened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. They did not give an account of the incident, saying it involved a newly hired uh, per diem employee who was immediately terminated. He's a part-timer, of yeah. course. He was a weekender. Mm-hmm. You can never trust weekenders with anything. Nope. Uh, is there a photo of, of said weekender who violated said corpse? Look into those eyes and see nothing but emptiness. <laughs> you know what he looks like? Kind of like a... Uh... Like a necrophiliac Springsteen, sort of. That's exactly what he looks yeah. like. <laughs> Maybe. Or like a, uh, like if Matthew McConaughey had a creepy uh, corpse-buggering brother. Check out this photograph, Sarah. Look at the corpse-bugger. Do you recognize him? Ew. Yeah. He had sex with a frozen 92-year-old woman? We don't well, know she, she was wasn't entirely th- frozen. I... She might have been at room temperature. <laughs> she might... Certainly cool, I would imagine. I'm just uh, speculating, medically speaking. I think that's enough. No problem. Corpse watch. 92. Another disturbing thing is how we never run out of these stories. Ever. We never run out of stories about someone violating a corpse. And how do you like to be the guy? That's a Totally. And how do you like to be the guy? And you know those worlds are inevitably going to... When she snuffs it someday, some guy's going to violate her corpse. You know that's going to happen. That's a big country. I mean... Hey, by the way, speaking of a never-ending just... The cavalcade of those stories... Um, oh, are you late? Tim Riley's going to prepare more news, which he will deliver at 4, 5, 6, and 7. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest newsman. Top of the hour, all the way through Lycus. Um, I don't know if the last time anybody bicycled by Omsi uh, was, but I, I did. Haven't in a while. I did bicycle today, actually, and boy, goddamn, was it cold. But um, we were talking about that weird machinery that they've got set up by Omsi that was like a big sort of weird conveyor belt that went out over the river. Do you know what I was talking oh, yeah. about? I know. So, uh, yeah, and but, we figured out what that was. Yeah, but it's in action now. Have you seen it since it's been running? No. It is fascinating. Um, there's two of them. There's two big. They look like if you haven't seen these, they're they're conveyor belts. But they're like cranes. They're conveyor belts that go way up in the air and then out over the uh, river. And one of the conveyor belts just does nothing but dump rocks onto a barge, which is down on the river. And so I I, I actually stopped. It was the weirdest thing. It's hard to describe, but I was bicycling by there, and I heard this sort of sound. This sort of like, it sounded like hail falling. And I'm like, well, what's that? And there was this conveyor belt just dumping thousands of rocks off the conveyor belt, where they then fell about a hundred yards, or you know, a couple hundred feet anyway, down onto this barge, where they were just in a pile. So it was like a weird waterfall of rocks. And then right next to it, there's one that's doing the same thing with mud. So they're filling a barge with rocks, and they're filling a barge with mud. And there's one conveyor belt that brings up and drops both of them. It's it's fat. It is really weirdly huh. hypnotic, actually. Because you'll sit there and you'll watch the conveyor belt of rocks come out of the ground, go out over the river, and then you'll and it's like pouring salt. It really is like a waterfall, but it's rocks, and it really is kind of cool to watch. It's strangely hypnotic and relaxing, actually. So if you get a chance to, if you're down by Omsi, I would strongly encourage you to um, come check it. It's pretty cool looking. Uh, let's see, Rick. It's too late now, but you should have asked Jim Roop if staph infection makes its way into drummers. All right. Uh, all right, it's 503-73... I don't know, I'm just reading the email know. as they come. Okay. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Narrowing. Wait, did you say drummer? Drummer. Drummer. <laughs> Rick, you know this one time... A fr- oh, this is... Um, the subject line of this is comforting words for Sarah. 
Rick, you know this one time a friend of mine had a band crash at her place. She accidentally had way too much to drink, and she woke up to realize she'd slept with the lead singer. These things happen, and you shouldn't mock Sarah just because she couldn't help herself. I didn't sleep with anybody. <laughs> then he says, now the merch guy, that's a whole different story. There's all Especially kinds of shame the with the merch guy. guy. No. Now, I saw the lead singer. He's an attractive man. The merch guy's probably hideous. I mean, that's why you become a merch guy, because you're not really, I mean... You have no talent. You can't pull girls any other way. So you become, you know, they're sort of the pilot fish. They go along with the, uh, you know. The merch guys are like those birds that walk around on the inside of crocodile mouths and just peck out the leftover food. This merch guy just, like, looked like a merch guy. Like, and his name was Chip, and he looked like a chip. It's like Chip the merch guy. Really? Uh-huh. And merch guys are always either overweight or underweight. Over. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, oh, we should break here. Final break, and then we'll come back, and we'll wrap it up after there's some phone calls. We'll get to those. Uh, like us at 3, Donna Mike at 7. You said it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Why, hello. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson program. Someone who shall remain nameless, Aaron Deacon City, says, Didn't Sarah learn her lesson after letting Scotty J crash at her place for a few hours? Must she now add the breaking of commandments to her list? Scotty J's never been inside my house. Sarah, why do you want to make the baby Jesus cry? Why would you says... say that out loud? No, Scotty <laughs> J went directly from my car, which you shoved him in, by the way. You made me take him. It is true. And then I had to take him all the way to my house where um, Raul was waiting with a cab and trying to lift Scotty out of my car into a cab. Or him into a cab. I'm simply reading Aaron's email. I know that Scotty J has... Scotty J is like a vampire. You would have to invite him in for him to pass the threshold of your house, which is not going to happen with any of us ever. 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 It's true. Uh, let's see. Uh, what do we... Uh, I've got all this stuff about the... I've got this stuff about the, the music within, which I guess we'll have to get to tomorrow. Uh, hello, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Yeah, hey, Rick. About the conveyors over the river? Yes. I I'm thinking it's one of three things. They're they're either finally getting around to dredging out the river for the big ships, or they're actually putting it on somewhere to go fill in some place on the river so they can build something, or it's residual rocks from meth labs over on the east side. Possibly, it is kind of weird. You uh, you uh, you bike by and you kind of see the conveyor belt, but you hear the noise before you see what's causing it. And you look over, and it is just like this endless waterfall of rocks being yeah, dumped yeah. onto a barge. It is kind of weirdly, uh, it's weirdly hypnotic. You you sit there and you just you know yeah. And one one other thing, Mister Mistress of the Dark, they're they're good, man. No, they were no, they were great. They, they I mean that was unplugged, so I can't even imagine how good they are live. That's tonight at Mount Tabor. Thank you, sir. Uh, final email. Rick, many corpse puns which you missed during the corpse watch, such as it's a smorgasbord. Okay, yes, smorgasbord. Uh, cadaver, I barely know her. Yes, and morgue power to you. And then he says, also, why are these people always having sex with dead people that are like 90 years old? Are they afraid? That is a good point. Are they afraid of a more robust corpse being able to overpower them in case of a zombie attack? Or is it just some psychological thing that we shouldn't really go into? I think it's the latter, sir. All right, we want to thank CNN Radio Correspondents Jim Roop and Lisa Desjardins, uh, also Mistress of Reality. Their website is mistressofreality.org. 
I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day with the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio, a proud part of the CBS radio family. In the newsroom, it's Tim Riley. On the phones, it's Richie Bristol. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. Like us next, down to Mike at 7. We'll see you all tomorrow at 11 a.m. As always, my friends, thank you for listening. Don't let the bastards grind you down. Watch out for snakes, etc., etc., so on and so forth. Thanks for listening. Bye.